Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 138. Let's roll, people. And uh, this week, you know, I just figured uh, in the wake of the Boston Celtics going down, you know, it's been it's been a it's been a week or so, but I just needed someone to help me recover. And uh, last year we had a show. Me and Andrew Cooper. Andrew Cooper is my guest this week, and we had a show last year, right in the middle of the finals. So it was right this time of year, and we thought we had a chance at winning that damn thing. And Golden State Warriors ripped our hearts out, and uh, Miami Heat did it again. But uh, Andrew Cooper is going to talk about nothing to do with the Celtics and all to do with how you dominate your fantasy leagues this year. Dynasty, redraft, all of it, baby. Andrew Cooper last year had a great show. He he made a lot of great calls, so we're going to see if he can keep it up again this year. Mr. Andrew Cooper, you can find him on Twitter at Coop A Fiasco. Coop, what's going on, buddy? What's up, my dude? Hope that was a powerful intro, man. Hopefully, I, the emotions were running high. You know, I was sad about the Celtics. I was fired up about uh, the kudos there, and you know, the, it, this was the show of the summer last year, was it not? Like we yeah. we crushed, man. We crushed. Yeah. So let's uh, let's see what we got in the uh, the old take bag this year, my boy. Yeah, man. I <clears throat> I listened back to it because I was just like uh, kind of curious what we talked about, and I was like. There was a lot, a lot of great takes in there. So, you know, we've got a lot to live up to this year, but um, I think we can do it. And, uh, you know, uh, before we before we go, before we get really into it, what what are we going to do with uh, are we keeping Jalen Brown? Is that going to happen? Man, that's tough, dude. That is tough. I like Tatum. Obviously, we're committed to but Jalen Brown, man. I would just like to see. And, and again, I don't know what's correctable or what's not. But I just want to see a lot more commitment to the game and to the team. You know, it's like, yeah. say what you will about the Kanye West, Kyrie Irving stuff, but like, yeah. the guy cannot be losing his dribble yes. in the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> like, that's fun. That's because that's, that's one thing. Of all of it, take it all yeah. away. 
that's one thing that you can work on. And I've seen the videos, look up Jimmy Butler dribbling drills. It is insanity. It's like painful to watch. It makes me sleepy watching him do these like crazy drills. And then on the other side, Jalen Brown can't hold on to the ball. It's like, I need to see some of that, but Hey, you know what? If, if they want to give them the max move forward with these guys, I love these guys. I just, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, those are the boys. So if they want to do it, money. it's a lot I'm of in. money to give to a guy who can't dribble in the NBA. It's just so weird. Like, isn't there a dribbling camp? Like, he couldn't dribble last year <laughs> in the finals. And uh, I was like, you know what? He's like a he is really likable. He really is. Like, he's such a cool dude. Truly. And I was like, he's gonna learn to dribble. <laughs> and right. he hasn't <laughs> learned how to dribble yet. It's like yeah. it's like kind of shocking to watch because he's like he's like what was he second team all NBA or some shit like that? Yeah, you know, like he was. Dude's fucking I, amazing. I wish I wish I wish he would just take that Scotty Pippen contract, right? That's oh, like right? <laughs> just take no money so that they can go pay Jordan and get Robin. Like that's the secret to winning like a ton of championships, right? Just have that like a Scotty Pippen indentured servitude contract, right? Yeah. So it'd that, be nice was, if Jalen Brown, yeah, it'd be nice if Jalen Brown was just like, you know what? I don't need all the money in the world, yeah. but that's that's not how that works. Right? No, he's getting it all. He's getting all all of it, and that's what actually makes me a little bit uh, hesitant. Uh, with that, because once you're locked up to those two, that's your that's what you're doing. The I suppose you could still probably sign them and trade them. I don't know. It's Jax, Jax. We're doing it. We're, worry about it. We just we just did it. The the old podcast curse where yeah. you say you're not going to talk about something and you do, and then you have to. Right. So let's get let's get off it. Let's, let's get do, off the seas. Let, so let's do 45 minutes on Mac Jones. <laughs> Dude, you just cursed us again. Let's go. Let's deep dive. Forget all the tight end stuff. Forget all the running back stuff. Let's talk. Let's talk Mac attack. Let's talk Bill O'Brien. We're going to do 45 minutes of Mac Jones right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Just kidding. We're not going to do 45 minutes of, of Mac Jones. We are going to get into it. And actually, Mr. Mr. Andrew Cooper last year, one of the things oh, – first of all, we mentioned last year how a year ago, two years ago now, a year from last year, you had called the Tyreek Hill trade a year ahead. You called that shit almost to the day. And then last year you came on the show and gave us Evan Ingram. You were given everybody Evan Ingram. It's not like this was only on this show, but you did do it here. And for those of us who listened, uh, we, me and you, basically came up with the yin-yang tight end approach of Zach Ertz and uh, Evan Ingram. If we go back, just to refresh everybody's memory, Zach Ertz was going just around uh, tight end 10, sometimes later, but his ADP was 10. He ended up at as the uh, tight end six in points per game. Obviously, he got hurt late. Evan Ingram was the tight end 24 and ended up as the tight end seven by ADP. So I, I would say that you absolutely crushed that last year. What say you, my friend? 
Yeah, I mean, and that's the beauty of this show versus some of the other ones is sometimes people they have you on with like 10 different people and they're like, give us a take and you you get half of it out of your mouth and then they play some some horn, right? Or some sounder. And it's like, you don't really get to flesh these ideas out. I mean, Whereas I when we a horn or a sounder if it makes you feel <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have, um, I have Michael, uh, have him edit that in for me. But yeah, no, I, it, on this show, we actually get to deep dive, right? And this is, you know, uh, on the player profile channel. Well, that, that's what they expect from us. So Instead of just saying, hey, Evan Engram, we talked about the situation where he's a high risk, high reward player. He's not the only tight end you're going to draft. He's tight end 20 off the board. So you want to have somebody you can start for the early weeks. That's the whole yin yang tight end. Right. Lo and behold, we had the perfect option. Zach Ertz, DeAndre Hopkins, for those that forget, was suspended for six games. So it was right. all there. It was in writing. We were saying Ertz, if you can get him. If not, go for, uh, we were saying the guys like Gerald Everett, who in the game is when the wide receivers were hurt. He was pretty good. So that's the game plan there. This year, it's a new year. So uh, we're not the kind of people that get take lock. And for me personally, we're not going back to Evan Ingram, back to the well. In fact, if you want to draft Evan Ingram, his ADP is a little high, but to me, Evan Engram is this year is the yin in the yin yang. He's, yes, he's the in Zachary. the Ertz, right? He's yes. the Ertz. He's the guy that you can uh, count on him to catch a couple passes each week. But the upside now that Calvin Ridley is there is not quite there. So new year, whole new strategy. Uh, that's one example of a guy that you can draft as your you know early on starter, uh, a safe guy. Uh, but the real interesting ones and the ones that people come here for are the Yangs, right? The yes. upside guys, Jacks. Yeah, absolutely. I, but I but I think there is um, some value in getting the early tight ends right too, because if you think about it, a lot of us are playing in. Look, we're going to go play some redraft leagues. Right. We're going to play some best ball. We're going to play a lot of different games. I mean, this is a dynasty show, but I like to use some of the things that I think about when I'm doing best ball and redraft that help me understand the value of where players are going at. And, you know, that oftentimes that value sort of uh, mirrors dynasty values, not always, but generally. And so as I look at the top of the board of tight end, I have made some notes as to who I like as the early tight ends and where I think there's value. And if you say the same names, there's going to be some squelching. I just want people to be ready if you have the earbuds in. Just turn down the volume of skosh if he if he ends up hitting my guy. So early on, let's say in the top 10, 12, whatever, where's the where's the value that you see at tight end at this point? Yeah, and you're right that it applies to Dynasty too. My philosophy right. in Dynasty is is simple. It's sort. S-O-R-T. Start opportunity roster talent. We want as many talented guys on our roster. We want to hold on to them, but the window opportunity isn't always there. We want a guy to be a focal point of the offense, the top two target on the team, right? So sometimes you got to hold Delaney Walker for seven years or whatever it was until he breaks out. Sometimes you got to hold Dallas Goddard, right? But Dallas Goddard right away, not ready to rock and roll. So right. we're looking for that opportunity. So when I go through here, you know, obviously there's the Kelsey's and the Andrews of the world, but I'm looking for guys that can actually be top two targets on the team. Mm-hmm. So of these top 10 dudes, mm-hmm. you know, I'll consider a Kyle Pitts. I'll consider mm-hmm. a Kyle Pitts, you know, because the target share. But the guy that I'm, if I'm going to draft somebody from this group, it's going to be Darren, Darren Waller. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and thing, Darren Waller, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. There and you is. go through, you go through the group we here, right? Not talk about this, damn it. It's Darren Waller. It's Why Darren is he Waller. in seven? I, it's cause it, people are worried about, like, like, let's go through the reasons, right? So people are worried about injury history, but 
Look at Dallas Goddard. Right. He has missed games in all four of the last years. Look at George Kittle. Guess what? Also missed games in right. all four of the last years. All four, position. right? So what are we doing? Dude? Why are we fading this guy? If a guy's healthy right now, I'm not going to go out and play Dr. Fortune Teller and try right. to guess which healthy guys are going to get hurt. This like, is the CMC versus Jonathan Taylor. Ex- and CMC didn't get which hurt, back, Jonathan Taylor did. It backfired spectacularly, spectacularly, yeah. right? And, you know, it's like Joe Mixon. There's a bunch of those guys. We could go deep into those players. I'll tell you one quick one. Michael Thomas, I'm I'm taking a couple of those just in case. But anyway, right. we're talking tight end today on this one, or this section at least. Darren Waller's guy, he could lead his team in targets. Right, he could be the like number should. one target on that team, and everyone's talking about it. Daniel Jones talking about it. They're all talking about it. George Kittle, on the other hand, I pulled the numbers. Right, the four games when all the big boys on that team are healthy, which was Kittle, Ayuk, uh, Debo, and CMC. Kittle was actually the fourth target in all yeah. those games, and obviously, when I posted that, uh, as Matt Kelly on this channel likes to say, the the buzzards came out and said, "Well, well, what about when you know when Brock Brock Purdy was QB versus Trey Lance versus Grapple?" Well, I broke it down for all the different players, whether they played one game or two or four, and he was the fourth guy in all the games. Hmm. So he was basically kept afloat by touchdowns, and right. that's in you know in uh, best ball, that's fine, but in Lee in regular redraft leagues. Think about Robert Tunyon when he scored 11 touchdowns. George Kittle last year scored 11 touchdowns. Robert Tunyon in the year he scored 11 touchdowns was tight end like four or whatever. It was all fun and games until championship week when he caught one pass and it wasn't a touchdown and he pulled your pants down in front of all your friends. So like you can't be, you, you, we want targets. That's what we care about. So yeah. a guy like Darren Waller of that top 10, I'm if Pitts falls, I, I, I can't help myself, right? It's, yeah. it's, I'm enamored, but Waller of the top 10 is pretty much the only one from that group I'm drafting. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And it's funny because, like, you know, if you ask me, like, okay, Coop, we're running a football team, like an actual NFL football team, like all of a sudden they do that thing. You, you, we've all done it on Madden where you do the fantasy draft where you basically yeah. just start with no players on any team and you draft. My tight end one would probably be George Kittle, like, because he's, I don't know, top five blocker. Maybe higher than I don't know. He's one of the best blockers, and he's he's, fast. he's, and he's the a, best. He's the best two way tight end in football. That's where you're period. right. That's period. period. And he's the only tight end. You have to go all the way back to Rob Gronkowski yes. in a year where he scored ten touchdowns and only played ten games to find another tight end that blocked on fifteen percent of his pass plays and still finished top five. He is a right. true unicorn player. So you're right. Yes. Like, it, but that for doesn't that, score fantasy points. It, not necessarily, not right? Necessarily. Exactly, and that's not why. Yes, right. Th- that's why you know we'll get to it when we get to the rookie tight ends. That's a problem I have with one of those guys. Well, yeah, there's well, a little well, teaser. Well, there's a little teaser like for later it. in the show, Jax. I'm a professional, okay? I like it. Um, I think I know which one. <laughs> I think you. I think everyone. You have a very sharp audience, and I think they know too. But they, we'll they get to too. it. And I might be zero shares, zero cares on that particular player. We're going to get there. But yeah, I couldn't agree more on it. And, you know, I love Kittle. He's one of my absolute favorite players in the NFL. Like he would be my first pick at tight end in a, in a real NFL draft. Um, Maybe my first pick, my first pick, if I had to pick a tight end to have a beer with too. Yeah, that's true. He too. seems like a fun guy. Although Kelsey's pretty fucking cool too. Kelsey's so. pretty cool too. Yeah, he would get us in trouble though, dude. We'd be yes, getting arrested. Do you yeah. see him at the, uh, the presidential thing? You got up there. And- <laughs> Mahomes is like, nah, dude. <laughs> so you're good. done. 
Yeah, those guys are super likable, man. They're super likable. Um, so I agree with you, Waller. Waller just sits there at that at that ADP, and it's it's very very likely that he um, you know leads his team in in targets, and that's what you're looking for. And that was really what got you to Ertz and Evan Ingram last year. You said it about Ingram in terms of like he could very well lead the team in targets. Now he didn't end up doing that, but he came damn close and he was, right. what was he second on the team? I'm, I'm not looking it up. But uh, so he, he technically ended up being third. Uh, right. Zay Jones snuck in there on a, but it was, it was very it was strange. Close. There were, you know, there were games where I was crushing him at DFS. Anytime Zay Jones was going up against a top cornerback, he got vaporized. Sauce yeah. Gardner took him out, Jeff Okuda. So we were, we were really smashing Ingram in there in those games. Cause we knew yeah. Zay Jones going to get taken away, but now Zay Jones going to move to that Marvin Jones role. And Calvin Ridley is going to be in the Zay Jones role. Christian Kirk, of course, in the Christian Kirk role. And right. that is just bad for businessman. It's, it's bad for consistency. That's, That's the thing right. is that yeah. you look at some of these guys, uh, the biggest example being Tyler Higby. Have you ever seen a more unstartable tight end quote unquote tight end six in your life than last year's Tyler Higby. He finished as the tight end six, but he had two games where he played like 80, 90% of the snaps and put up zeros, right? He had yeah. one 30 point game in week 17 and I'm the games winner. leading up were so no, nobody in their right mind was starting this fella, right? So I had him, I had him in the uh, Scott fishbowl and I think he had two zeros or basically that just, or at least like one zero right before that game. And, I had a bunch of those types of tight ends in the in the SFB, and had I played Higby, I would have made the finals. You know, the whatever the yeah. final. But I you can't know, like though. You can't. And though, I missed. Right? Yeah, it sucked so bad. I was like, so he, he, here were the, here was a stretch of games he had. Right, one catch for seven yards, two catches for fifteen. The next week he played eighty percent of the snaps and had zero catches on one target. Right. Then he then he comes out and has eight catches on eight targets for seventy three. Right. Four catches for 45, and you're like, okay, this guy's a player. He comes out, plays 60% of the snaps, doesn't get targeted one time. Right. right. It's like two for 14, two for 11. Then he comes out of nowhere and scores two touchdowns. It's right. The guys like that, in best ball, fine. But in real yes. leagues, too inconsistent. I, I just can't deal with it. I'll, I just will never have him. I don't care if he finishes tight end six. Nobody yeah. that has Travis Kels, uh, that Tyler Higby is victory lapping right now. No. Nobody. No. No, because it was hard to have him in your lineup even if you had him. Um, because there was no way to play him. Yeah. I mean, you were almost, you, you would have been like forced to play him. Like, well, I guess I got to play him. You know, that's the only yeah. way you would have played him. Exactly. Yeah. Chosen to. yeah. It wasn't happening. Yeah. So that, that I, we agree there. What, if you hit my, the next one I've got on here, which is the Yang to Waller's yin. Uh, I'm going to just shut this, shut this off and, and, and we're done. Right. So <laughs> just shut it down. I mean, so the, the, the thing is there's, there's, Three guys going back to back to back in ADP, and I'll consider all three of them. There's one that I like best, right? Okay. So, um, do you want me to give you the three names, or give you the one I like best first? Let's uh, let's go with the one you like best first. I I have a few too, so it's, it's not like I have one that's like so much. So I'm not, we're not shutting this down. We're gonna get yeah. there. He's been a, devi- a divisive player. Uh, the the guy I'm finding I have the most exposure to by far is Chig Okonkwo. Yeah, okay, Chig Okonkwo. So, I know some Chig, people are in, like some people are out though. I mean, he is. Yeah. yeah. So okay, we're talking. With, we're, I love Chig. I mean, I think, we, you know, Chig is very divisive, I think, because in a lot of ways, like when, you know, if I do like the anatomy of of, a, of an elite tight end, Chig falls outside 
the the realm of what we typically see on a couple of metrics. Um, right. He he um, he also I don't think he ran that fast at the combine. He, no, he did. He did. He ran a four five two. He ran a four five two. He ran the same as same as Kittle. He Someone ran else. a yeah. uh, oh, uh, but it's size. It's size it's with high. Chig. So it's yeah. if but it's one of those things where it's like. If you if he's one oh, inch likely, taller, it was likely that didn't run fast. Likely didn't run fast. Yeah, That's I say not, likely. I got confused. My if, if Chig is Chig was the so Chig was the guy that was on no one's radar, and then yeah. he ran fast, and then yes. he was on people's radar. Yes, so right. he doesn't he didn't have a lot of college production, and if he was six four instead of six three, now he fits everybody's mold. Right. That's, right. That's why it's I'm, a size I'm, giving, I'm giving him that sort of leeway because right. you know also when you watch him play, like he goes up and gets it, like he's you know he's a He's not a ground-based player. He's going up and getting it. And look, Evan Ingram was that same thing. He was a little bit small for the position. He did end up getting hurt. He did end up disappointing in some ways. But look, I think Chig, with his athleticism and the way that he plays the position, I'm with you a thousand percent. I I just took him in a recent startup uh, at uh, tight end sixteen uh, in a dynasty startup. Felt like amazing value. I love that value, and he's got that huge upside. And when you and I were talking last year, we we were talking about even Albert O with that upside and you know it's with the with the yang tight ends that second one you take especially in a redraft setting and also in dynasty to some degree again i uh, drafted him at tight end 16 even if he completely busts out the the investment's not that big a deal so i'm not that worried about it when you invest top five you expect you have high expectations so you need a, a floor of targets Think, exactly. Yeah, I think Chig actually offers that same type of upside that we've been searching for outside the top 12 where he can actually finish top four. Right. So right now, at this time of year, we're in imagination land. It's right. best ball season. We're getting our percentages, right? So we're getting some of all these guys. And then as we get closer and we get actual camp news, we start to see how these offenses are actually going to flesh out. We narrow it down for our redraft because – in best ball, right, you're taking two to three tight ends every draft. I don't know about you. I'm doing about 100 of them. Well, you and me, we have a bunch of a ton of dynasty leagues, right? Yep. So we're trying to get certain exposures. Later on, we're going to narrow it down to our two or three or four stabs we're taking. But right now, it's imagination time. So yes. uh, early in the drafts, like you say, with Travis Kelsey, we ask ourselves, why? Why am I taking Travis Kelsey? Why am I taking Mark Andrews? It's because they're awesome. They hit every single box. The question is why. Later on, we start asking, why not? Why can't this guy be a top two target on this team? Why can't he be the number one target on the team right. with Darren Waller? But like, so I look at it right now and I want to get your opinion on some of these guys. So these are the guys I'm kind of getting exposure to right now. Dalton Kincaid, yeah. my opinion, could be the slot for the Bills. Chig, we talked about, could be number two target after Traylon Burks. Or, yep. I mean, who knows? Could be the one target. Uh, Dalton Schultz could be the number one target on the Texans. We yeah, don't I, love the physical, like his profile, go to playerprofiler.com and look up his best comparable player. It's Austin Hooper. So he could be this year's Austin Hooper where he goes from high volume to low volume and stinks, but he could be the top target, right? Yeah. You wanted to weigh I, in on. I agree with that. I agree with the take. I don't love Schultz. Um, Me neither. He, he, the, 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 his sort of, um, you're, I think he's more Austin Hooper than he is the, 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 the player that will pay off. Also, you know, not a very good offense, so you probably don't have the touchdown upside to save you if he doesn't end up with those targets, but I do understand it. I'd actually yeah. look more towards Greg Dulcich, uh, who goes a little bit further down. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Like, I was, well, I was getting to, to the rest of these guys. I got a bunch yeah. of them. I got a I bunch like, of them. I like, so like Schultz a little bit. Yeah, I like the Dulcich other better than Schultz straight up. Agreed. And the other yeah. problem with Schultz that you're going to run into is that 
it's all the guys coming over from the 49ers, right? It's yeah. Bobby Slowick and it's D'Amico Ryan, and they want to run that offense that uses a George Kittle. Right. But if you don't have George Kittle, then he can look more like Durham Smythe, another team that uses <laughs> right. that same offense, right? That's so right. it is concerning there. But yeah, so Schultz's guy, but Schultz still, you have to, I would, I would encourage you to get a little bit of best ball exposure just in case, right? Yeah. Just in case this rookie QB comes in and says, hey, you know what? I'm just going to lock into this guy and he's going to get six, seven targets a game. And he doesn't like throwing in Nico Collins and John Mechie isn't ready or Robert Woods is older. Like it's the, you, you got to, again, it's the imagination game, right? If we, if we go uh, to the, if we go to the same type of thing as like, um, Zach Ertz was, Zach Ertz is hurt. <clears throat> the yeah. likelihood that Zach Ertz comes back from a double ligament injury suffered late in the season as a 33 year old tight end early in the season to just take over sounds like a tall tale to me, which leads me to the tight end 27 currently on underdog, which is Trey McBride. Um, You know, I love Trey McBride late. I mean, he just feels like such a, such a, you know, redraft. I mean, obviously in in dynasty is much higher than 20 uh, tight end 27. So it's going to be a lot harder to acquire in dynasty, but I am flummoxed by why he is. So he's behind Michael Mayer. Like what, what? Like, I mean, and that's the thing is that the draft cap, he's a second round pick. I've seen the guy get 10 targets in a game, right? He's Trey going McBride. behind Dawson Knox. That's which is bonkers to me because what the like they, they just showed us that Dawson Knox is going to be the inline guy, right? <laughs> right? You don't draft Dalton Kincaid to have him put his hand in the dirt, right? Dawson so Knox just, wasn't productive yeah. when Dalton Kincaid didn't exist. Bingo. I, so I'm in, man. I'm in uh, other guys. Juwan Johnson, I'm taking some stabs Juwan on. Juwan Johnson, yep. Uh, I'll consider Sam Laporta and honestly, even Luke Musgrave, but those two yep. for, so right now you take the stabs, but that's where it's so important to watch the training camp and the news to find out if they're going to be every down players. Those guys could end up being more like Anthony Ferkser or Cameron Bray part-time players. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you worry about it, but Sam Laporta with his draft cap, I mean, come on now. Right. Another another tight end that played, <clears throat> excuse me, part time last year, basically split time. It was Will Disley and Noah Fant. Noah Fant at least has athleticism. If he could just increase his playing time a little bit, he's going off as tight end thirty one. So well, well outside. I mean, he's basically free. You don't. I mean, in best ball, yeah, you can be your third tight end or whatever. But um, you know, just a guy to keep my eye on. I feel like you know, if you talk about someone who has upside. You know, I'm talking weekly target upside. Now, granted, he's got target squeeze with JSN, Lockett, and Metcalf. Right. Right. So, I mean, that's what suppresses him. And also, he was basically a 55, 60% player last year in terms of snap share. But, man, once he gets the ball in his hands, he's pretty athletic, and he's still young. It's not like he's old. He feels old because it's been like we've been let down by his ass so many times. But, right, right. You know, I feel like he's also a late target. What do you think about Noah Fan? What he becomes is the – he becomes the, the Gerald Everett. Yeah. Right. Where uh, because you look at what they're setting up in the offense and you ask yourself who the next man up is. So they're building this new offense where, you know, it's kind of like the uh, Buccaneers when they drafted Godwin. You got yeah. your Mike Evans is DK Metcalf. You got your Deshaun Jackson, which is Tyler Lockett. And then you bring in this Chris Godwin. Well, yeah. Yeah. you ask yourself who is going to get those slot snaps that now the offense is going to lean on. Who gets those snaps when somebody goes down? Well, now it could be Noah Fan. Same with Gerald Everett. When Keenan Allen was out, Gerald Everett was awesome. When Mike Williams was out, they just moved 
Josh Palmer to that outside role. And then Gerald Everett was still good. So like, who's that next man that's going to get the looks is him. The problem yeah. is you need that injury, but it's an yeah. injury to it's an injury to anybody because right. they don't have a third guy. So right. he, to me, is kind of in that second tier of, uh, you know, you keep an eye, you know, like you said, tight end 30. So we're talking watch list anyway, but right. you got to know who's going to be the next man to slide into those, that role. So yeah, there's no, re- especially in dynasty where, again, I brought up Delaney Walker, Noah Fant, incredibly athletic. When you look at yep. his profile, uh, RAS score player profiler, uh, you know, his metrics yep. had one of the best combines and Delaney Walker was stuck behind Vernon Davis. When Delaney Walker finally got the job seven years later, he had five, he had three, seasons in a row where he was essentially a top five tight end so yeah. uh, it can happen you just got to hold on to those athletic guys you know guys like dalton schultz if he doesn't do it in this this year if he's not a guy this year in this it's offense over. then it's yeah. over right it's so over. it's like yeah. you know so it's exactly. like exactly yeah. that's how you separate the in dynasty especially we want to roster talent for as long as possible start opportunity but if that's guys right. if you don't believe in the talent and they get the opportunity and do nothing it's done. Like d- right. perfect example, Dawson Knox last year when Gabe Davis, you know, he was, he was okay. Right. He wasn't right. as, he was kind of right in between where you and I said he would be. I was way down. You were up and he was in between. Right. So it, it wasn't as bad as people say either. You look it up right. and he was like, he was still like a, he was wide receiver three, you know? Yeah. So, yep. but w- with him, not him underperforming, that was Dawson Knox's chance to be a guy and he didn't do it. Correct. So that's why I was telling people all offseason, like, hey, there's still time to move this guy. Did I think they were going to draft a tight end in the first round? Absolutely not. But like, yeah, that's what you got to look for. If the if the opportunity's there and they do nothing, you got to ship them. Ship yeah. Them. <clears throat> what about? Uh, I, I agree. What, what about? Uh, I mean, obviously with Noah Fan, at least he plays in a good offense. the The problem with Trey McBride is that there could just be some real. You know, pro, like it just could be a very, very bad scene, if you Clayton, will. Clayton Toon could be the quarterback dude, for half the I, year, dude. I, oh, I, I have Clayton Toon every single. Oh, I'm doing it too. I'm doing that too. Yeah, every single league. <laughs> I don't even know. Like I joked, I was. I don't even know if he's black or white, tall or skinny. I have no clue what this guy looks like. I, have the, I really do, but like right. it doesn't matter. I don't care. It doesn't yeah. matter. Just tell me the story. He's the guy that might start games for a, an NFL team that I can draft in the fourth or fifth round of my Superflex rookie draft. Yeah, I'll take him. You know, so uh, hopefully he's good. Jax, he looks pretty cool. So I, I love that we got on that topic. Is that I just wrote an article on this, so it gives me a chance to plug the old Fantasy okay. Alarm, right? The Fantasy Alarm Machine. That's where my stuff is. Andrew Cooper at Fantasy Alarm. Uh, and if you go, just you know, search my name on. Google Andrew Cooper Fantasy Alarm. I'm going to bring you all my articles. There's one in there called Scratch Tickets versus Lottery Tickets. Mm. And Jax, it's the exact concept we're talking about, where if you draft like a handcuff RB, you need to wait for a long time. Just like if you buy Powerball, you have to actually wait for the numbers to come out, right? (laughs) So, you know, it's like, so you're stuck with that guy on your roster. He's a roster clogger. And a lot of people will load up on those guys and then drop them before, because you have to drop guys week one for your ads, right? Right. Clayton Toon, though, He's a scratch ticket. You get the numbers right away. We'll actually know before week one if he's won the job or not. Right. If Clayton Toon doesn't win that job, I might actually just drop him week right. one. And because sure. I need, you know, the, the roster spot, I don't know about you, Jags. I'm sure you do play in these leagues with like 30 roster spots. Yeah, I don't even want to get started. I, I'm, I'm in the almost the 40th round of a startup. Right now. That's the kind of <laughs> sickness that's, I have. Um, sick behavior. But sometimes. Yeah. 
like in those leagues though, because of how thin it is and how guys can come out of nowhere, sometimes your your 30th roster spot is more valuable empty than it yeah. is with the guy you thought was going to be good. Yeah, it's right? funny. Um, you know, I'm I'm in a, I'm in a, some leagues and and some that I commission that are shorter roster. Uh, but they're done on purpose, like you know, and and a lot of times there'll be the the draft will be happening, and people will be like, we should add roster spots, and I'm always like, we should not add roster no. spots, and it's not because, and and a lot of times it's like uh, selfishly, I wish we could because I have usually a pretty deep team because I'm really good at it, and I'm like, yeah, it would behoove me to add roster spots, but I still am against it because the whole idea is that this. Uh, structure of this league makes you decide on the 28th best player on your whatever you know you got to have a point where it's like okay i'm gonna drop whomever and that's your decision i'm dropping dante foreman i don't give a shit you know you got to make those choices and it's like yes dante foreman is generally rosterable in most dynasty leagues but if you're in a league where he's on the bubble then you get rid of his ass you know and whatever i'm just making this up so yeah it's totally like that but tune i mean you know quarterbacks and super flex leagues look i wouldn't even draft tune in a in a single quarterback league obviously i don't Never. care how deep the roster is because it doesn't matter but because even if he starts nobody gives a shit you know what i mean it's right, like right, if a tree right. falls in the woods does it make a sound doesn't if tune starts on in a one quarterback league does it make a difference no hey, uh, i have leagues where davis mills never left the wire not at yeah, any why point would he? you know yeah what who's you're better off. Yeah. You're, you don't need right. Davis Mills on your, right. Sorry. So, right. no, but for uh, real though, that's the same thing. It's like, but, the, but at the same time on my super flex leagues, people were clawing their eyes out to get Davis Mills. <laughs> you know Mills. what I mean? Cause yes. the super flex, it's like, we're, we're drowning here, you know, especially yes. with all the mobile QBs and stuff. I, one year I had, I, I had Cam Newton and Matt staff. I had a powerhouse team. I had Cam Newton and Matt staff for the year. They both got hurt. I would have yeah. murdered somebody for Davis Mills. Right. You know what I mean? Like yes. for Clayton too. And for anybody yes. that was doing anything at all. So yes. that's, you have to keep that in mind that the value, the, the perceived value people, you say no one will ever trade for that guy. I would have traded for him. I would have no, traded in a yeah. two quarterback league. They sure will. And and that's the yeah. thing. People will say, Oh, who, who gives a shit if he, he's going to suck. It's like, they're they forget how to play too and like sometimes look you might get a brock purdy sure you might get a guy like you know you might get tom brady of course those are that's possible i get that but you don't actually know what the hell you're gonna get davis mills or whatever you you know you could get zach wilson i mean you could suck it's you have no idea but once he starts a game if you can trade him right about then when he like announce right. the starter even you don't even have to exactly. let him be good or bad. you can exactly. just play upon the fact that he is a starter that you know that's and, enough and I'll to tell get you, something in return and it, even if they're real bad as long as they have the job and there's yep. no one else that can take it away for a little yep. bit yep like these guys are useful i had a i won a league starting matt job right yeah. and interceptions are what minus two i don't care if he throws a pick six <laughs> he gets the ball right back like if you look at third round quarterbacks the last 25 years, the guy with the most points is Russell Wilson. Number two is Matt Schaub. Matt Schaub. I don't, it's like, and he, he wasn't good. He was terrible, but like yeah. he was a starting quarterback. So keep that in mind. Clayton Toon, man, last roster spot. Okay. Yes. Don't go crazy, folks. No, don't if you go, have anyone else on your, crazy. if you have anyone else on your roster that's worse than Clayton Toon, you're doing it wrong. Okay. Yeah. Very last spot. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, you, you'd mentioned one of the names I really like, which is Juwan Johnson. There's been a little bit of uh, cooling there, um, you know, given the moves they've made, you know, um, bringing in uh, what's his name? Uh, the, the Foster Moreau. Um, Foster Moreau, yeah. Yeah. I'm not worried and, about Foster Moreau. 
I'm not exactly worried about Foster Moreau either, although Foster Moreau is not awful, uh, but he had that sort of heart condition or whatever he had, cancer or whatever. I, something, cancer, I yeah. Cancer, some lymphoma. Um, anyway, I guess he's going to be able to play. God bless him. I hope he fucking makes the Pro Bowl. Good for, him. for him. But, um, yeah. I, you know, from a dynasty lens, I'm still more Juwan Johnson, although he's a bit more of a pass game only player. Um, and that scares me just a skosh. Um, but I do love his upside, and I think that makes him a perfect Yang tight end. Is that right? Yes. So, and I'll tell you what with Foster Moreau is that fo- the Foster Moreau's good games only exist in our minds and on Twitter and on Hard Knocks because this guy has never had. He, th- talk about all the times Darren Waller's gotten hurt. This guy has never had a game with more than sixty-seven receiving yards. Like mm. people always like, oh yeah, Foster Moreau. You know, when he fills in for the guy that's hurt, he's good or whatever. I'm like. Show me the good game. Show me the good game that Foster Moreau's had. So, you know, I, again, I'm rooting for the guy, but Juwan Johnson's a converted wide receiver. There's no world where they say, hey, here's a two-year deal with guaranteed money in it. And then, eh, never mind, we're just going to use Foster Moreau. Like, that's not how it works, man. And my my take is this. I actually like drafting Michael Thomas. I, lo- I alluded to it earlier, right? Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of people that come to me and they say, well, he's a diva or he's going to get hurt or this or that, or he sucks now. Right. And to that, personally, I disagree. But if that's your take, right, if that's your take, what are you doing about it? That, and then people are like, I don't know. You know, I'm just not drafting him. Well, don't right. do that. Like, don't do I'm drafting Chris Olave. Okay. You're taking, you're taking the guy that's going in the second yeah, round. The of first round. Yeah, yeah, good, good very job. cool. Yeah, very smart pick. Why yes. don't you do something about it? If you, if you're going to be right about Michael Thomas, then draft Juwan Johnson, draft Rashid Shaheed. I don't care what you do, but, That's right. but, but somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like parlay your bets. I see the, the flips. We, we argue about the flip side all the time where right. it's like, I ask people, I'm like, what's your pecking order for this team? And they say, well, Irv Smith is going to be fourth on the team in targets, but I still, I'm still going to draft him. I'm like, well, you're betting against yourself. It's, this right. is the opposite situation where I'm like, okay, you truly have some sort of magic injury fortune telling powers that you know this healthy player is going to be hurt what are you doing about it right and yeah. besides send him a message and warn him you know say hey you're about to suffer serious misfortune this year right like just warning you but uh you know it's like what are you doing so if you don't like michael thomas you should be seriously considering juan johnson yeah yeah i i love it um what about uh what about pat Frymuth? yeah i mean dude that's one where that's the okay. So the sort S O R T. It really start should be yeah. start opportunity roster talent. It really should be the other the other way, but that's not a word R T S O. Yeah. So we have to we have to yeah. tweak it a little bit for the sake of the acronym. That's but right. the roster talent part is important, and I think it's interesting because we all agree that Pat Fryermuth is talented. I there's. I would argue in favor. I don't think there's, I, I've actually yet to come across somebody that, that says, I actually believe that this guy is not a good football player. Very few people saying that. That's Those right. are the guys you want to have in your dynasty league. The problem is that team is loaded with good pass catchers and we, we don't know about Kenny Pickett, right? We look at Deontay Johnson's going pick 70 in ADP. Uh, George Pickens going pick 70. Both, they go back and forth. Right, who goes first? Uh, Frymuth is going pick one hundred. Uh, Allen Robbins is getting picked in certain spots. Najee Harris is borderline RB one once again in drafts. If we think all those guys are good, then either Kenny Pickett's being underdrafted, or all those guys are being slightly overdrafted. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried that George Pickens and Deontay Johnson deserve targets, which is going to hurt Pat Frymuth. That's but so he 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 falls in the yin category for me, Jax. 
yeah. in where you, if you get him at a good pick, take him and then throw one of these other guys on your bench, one of these upside. Yeah. Fry, how you'd feel pretty good about Fryermuth and Chig as a combo? Yeah, totally. I was going to ask you about that because, like, you know, once you get, like, I think, um, you know, Fryermuth's going like tight end 10. If you were on the clock and you had Chig and Fryermuth, would you ever consider taking Chig over Fryermuth? I do. I never, I don't draft Pat Fryermuth. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I don't. don't I, I don't draft him in in best ball, and I don't draft him in. I guess you could. I would consider him best ball, but I just I have zero. Yeah. I'm not going to draft him in redraft unless I get to like if I'm at the turn at a certain spot and they've both fallen, and I could just say, "There's my yin yang right there." Boom, Muth chick, and I'm going to start Pat Frymuth week one because uh, I know what his usage is going to be like, and just hope Chig breaks out. And if Chig yeah. has a 20% or 30% snap share, I drop Chig, move on to the next guy. But yeah. I just, I don't trust him, man, because I can't, like we just talked about, I can't move, I can't picture a world where he is the, gets more targets. Yeah. Now no, I can't no, say, <laughs> I can't say one thing I do do is I pull up all the second, I pull up second quarter, third quarter, overtime, last three minutes of the games, and I see who's getting the targets in those situations. Uh, it really helps with running backs. You know, it's like who's getting the two minute drill work, but Fryer Muth, that's the one thing that Fryer Muth, they really leaned on him last year. So uh, he's got the touchdown upside. I just can't trust him to get a hundred targets. It sounds to me like, because I always look at it like, well, first of all, Allen Robinson, boy, oh boy, pour one out. I mean, I usually crack a beer at this point, but I don't have one in my hand. So I'm going to have to, you know, <laughs> but crack one open and pour one out for Mr. Allen Robinson. That's the champagne um, one. For, we'll yeah. save that for somebody else, right? Boy, boy poor son of a bitch. Uh, so he's he's toast, and I think, you know, you, you have Alan But is Robinson. he, though? But is he? I don't know. I mean, like... I think so. But... but well, and and but I'll tell what? you why. I'll tell you well, why. Because even from when he was good, he was still a downfield contested catch guy. He was never, like, this amazing route runner. I think he's lost a step, and therefore can't separate from most of these cornerbacks. Pickett's not the guy who's going to unlock him. And you have a guy who's just about the same player except better and younger in George Pickens. I just don't see Allen Robinson. I'm I'm off. I do understand that value at some point maybe, but, yeah, I do think so. But he, let me finish yeah, but, the, the quick point, which is, okay, so the wide receiver targets are the wide receiver targets. Running back are, targets are running back targets. In other words, if you rostered, um, you know, Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts all on the same team, they wouldn't all have 25% target shares. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's yep. a point of diminishing returns at some point where if you, you know, so there's enough, there's there's a certain number of targets that are just going to go to the tight end position. And it sounds to me like Pat Fryermuth is being scared off by the guy who's drafted behind him, which takes us to the rookies. And it sounds to me like you just love Mr. Washington. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, you know I don't, brother. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know he fits the opposite of everything that we look for. And I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was warned on this. Uh, but before we go to that, I just want to—we're okay. talking about the same offense. I yeah. will say that the, the threat isn't that Allen Robinson is fantasy relevant. That's the part that we have to remember: is that yeah. he doesn't need to be fantasy relevant to cap the ceiling for Pat Fryermuth. All he needs to do is get 60, 70, 80 targets. And then right. that's just too many going to other players. Uh, yeah, with Darnell Washington, I because I was like, you know what? Hey, I like to give everybody a shot. We looked at the, yeah. co- watched the combine, made the one in the catch, great blocker. I had uh, Brandon Huffman. I'm not sure if you're familiar. He works for 247 Sports, uh, 247 Sports, and he's like the head editor there. He's a big high school to college scout. And he told me that 
that back when Darnell Washington was 16, 17, 18 years old, scouts were going up to him and saying, hey, your meal ticket is to put on weight and be an offensive tackle. And he was like, I don't want to do that. And they're basically saying to him, hey, here, here are the options. Put on the weight and play in the NFL or stay at tight end and end up working at a car wash. That's, those are the words, right? And he was like, no, it's not happening. I'm sticking with this. But just the thought of that puts the fear in you. And yeah. then our worst fears came true when he slid in the draft and got drafted to be a blocking tight end. And then he put in his profile on instagram that he's the sixth offensive lineman yeah and all that combined just has to have you know we're out man we're out yeah i uh i had tweeted once uh that he was you know you know a pretty close to an offensive tackle and i had all these people go name me one person who's ever called him an <laughs> offensive tackle and i was like all right dudes and there was a lot of like re- you know replies like that i'm like i'm not gonna sit here and source all the shit you're talking about but trust me it's a he's a cheeseburger away from being right. an ot so um, yeah, he's a little bit scary for in that regard. I mean, well, name both, one person that's called him an offensive tackle himself. Yes. Himself, yeah, himself, now? exactly. I was like, <laughs> the the I was like, it just fried my brain. I was just like, yeah, this is this is peak Twitter. Uh, um, to the people that think it can't uh, happen, go right. back and type in Noah Fant, uh, Western Kentucky, and watch the uh, sorry, not Noah Fant, George Fant. Type George yeah. Fant, Western Kentucky highlights, and go back and watch those highlights, and you know what they're going to be basketball highlights he was a basketball player that was that was converted to a tight end and when he got to the nfl he got converted into an offensive tackle now he's a 300 pound offensive tackle that plays for the jets and if you go back and watch those highlights he looks like charlie little charles barkley you know what i mean like it's not crazy at all for that to happen in the nfl darnell washington has such a frame he could easily be 320 like easily easily over the weekend Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think he already weighs like two seventy five. You know what no, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, like two cookouts. You know? Yeah. And and the thing is, <laughs> he would actually probably make more money. Like if I know. going through the draft process, yeah, going through the draft process, not getting picked. Mm. You know, it's like if he were to convert and then hit his second contract as a starting right tackle. Yeah. Those guys like, get paid more money than most of, of the tight ends. Yeah. So and actually are about. less injured. Right. Yeah, I mean, really, not not as much of that, you know, downfield. You know, think about Gronk, the way they tackled him. They're just like, well, let's just spear his knees. That's good. Because <laughs> they don't want to hit him up top, you know. They're just like, spear him right at the knees, just missile to the knee. And every team, every team has two starting tackles and at least minimum one on the bench. That's one for, you know, tackle at the that's, that's right. That's almost 100 players. There's 100 more jobs available versus tight end. How many tight end jobs are there? Yeah, not that especially many. ones that pay. Um, yeah, there's not many that pay. Okay, so back to the the rookies then. I mean, I'm with you, Darnell Washington. We'll get to him. You know, Kincaid is certainly the tight end one. Um, you know, yep. he was the tight end one for me all the way through until someone said he was 222 pounds with a back injury, and I got a little scared for a minute. And then it wasn't true, and he's fine. He got picked first overall, and I'm back in. Kincaid's great. He's in a good offense. He's the one. Now, in terms of rookie drafts, I don't like taking tight ends in the first round. That's about where he goes, backside of the first round. Are you okay taking him there, uh, enough confidence in him to, to do that? Yes, I am. Just because the where the draft capital, the team he went to, and the opportunity, the role. They want him to play. Everything happened perfectly for that player. Which yeah. you can, obviously can't be said for all these guys, no. right? Um, and the interesting thing about the way I analyze the position is that because 
we've hit on guys like Ingram and all these guys. People think that maybe I'm a guy that just takes random stabs, but I'm also I'm actually oddly very conservative. So for the most part, with especially with Dynasty, I'm very conservative in how I go about it. I rarely, rarely tout rookie tight ends as a guy you can start. I've done it maybe three times, dude. Yeah, or yeah, maybe four times, and it's worked three times, which was right. like you know, because I mean it's a, it's a, OJ Howard, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I mean there's only been Pitts, Engram for actual guys that have had reasonable seasons. It's Pitts, Engram, and then like Jeremy Shockey and Mike Dicka. Like we right. don't have these rookie tight ends, Gronk, right? Uh, but I wasn't touting Gronk as a guy who could start as a rookie because he was he was the back injury guy at the time. As he well. was, um, but you know, with a guy like this where he's going and he's playing in the slot. For a team that didn't add wide receivers as of now, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, by the time we put this out, could be on the team. And I apologize if he is. No, I but, don't think so. I just saw news that DeAndre Hopkins is going to go visit Tennessee first. Sounds like he's going to do the whole, you know, go yeah. to all these teams and get courted and hear what they have to say and all the nonsense. Because if he goes to, to Tennessee, I will shit in my boots. Yeah, exactly. I would do it. I will have so much. I will cry all weekend into a chig jersey i'll i'll yeah. buy one just to cry into it because exactly. that would that would crush our hopes for chig right? it would. it's awful now be the worst possible scenario for everybody it moves it just moves the needle from you know it's right now it's you could even say Traylon burks is one and it's chig versus like kyle phillips but yeah. once you add hopkins now it's Tra- chig versus Traylon burks i don't like that i no, hate that awful. i don't like that at all no it's you know, so. awful for both of them Right. Uh, so I'm willing to take Dalton Kincaid as a back in the back end of the first. Uh, and also people, I tell people, hey, you know, if you if you want to get Chig to pay a back end first, isn't a crazy, crazy price. And people are like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, OK, let's do some math here. He's a guy that's already flashed in the NFL and he's one month older than Dalton Kincaid. And you're willing to pay a background back end first for Dalton Kincaid. Where's do a little arbitrage there. That's right. what the price has to be. If you yeah. can get them for a second, do it right now. Go do it right now. Go offer a second for Chig right now and just see what happens. You know, because hard you're getting do, actually. You, the people who have Chig are enamored with the it could be a boat thing. You know, it's like it's a very exciting player and they don't want to be the one who like looks back and be like, man, I sold him. Ah. That's, that's oh. what happens. So there's that fear of trading away Chig that makes him tough to get. My buddy did that. My buddy did that with George Kittle, and he yeah. he can't he doesn't he can't live it down, dude. Yeah, he traded George Kittle in a package for Allen Robinson. So there you go, there rest you in go. peace. Uh, but yeah, so uh, that's where I'm doing it. You know, and some people get cute and put Laporta ahead, and I love Laporta more than anybody. I will love him like my own son. I'm not doing that. Some people have the take lock from before the draft, and they still have Michael Mayer ahead. You gotta you gotta read the tea leaves. You gotta. You got to adjust to what actually happened here. Yeah. Okay. So where I'm at is I go Kincaid. I'm willing to take in the first round. Laporta. I'm willing to take in the second round. I'm not taking anybody else in the second round of a rookie draft. I love it. That's so we're playing it the same way um, yeah. because I was, that was my next question. So you, you answer, answered the next question. Uh, Kincaid, you're fine with taking in the first round, late first round. I guess what I would maybe say is, are you Quentin Johnston or Dalton Kincaid in dynasty? Non-tight end premium. Non-tight end uh, I take all four of the wide receivers that went in the first round before I take Dalton Kincaid. I see. Yeah. Zay Flowers included. Included, yeah. It, yeah. Even, I mean, just because I I am interested. If if they didn't, if it was still Greg Roman, then I wouldn't do it. But because it's now uh, Todd Munkin's air raid, 
now I'm like, okay, there's room. Yeah. We can, we can see, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, are you out on Zay Flowers? I got to ask you. No. Um, it, he's a little bit scary, small senior, you know, that offense is not exactly a wide receiver haven. Uh, so there's some things that are concerning. So I, I actually have Kincaid over Zay Flowers. I've, I've, I've got a couple of Zay Flowers shares, but I've let them fall to me a little bit. I could be wrong on this one. It could end up biting me. Um, but, yeah, there's a few things that I'm just a little bit skeptical about. Look, at the end of the day, if Bateman's not healthy and o- Odell Beckham is, you know, certainly an old washed player potential. You know, I'm not saying washed, but, you know, it's not going to be – he's not going to be long for this. You could say washed. I mean – He might be. He might be. I mean, it's certainly possible, right? So, at the end of the day, Zay Flowers could just all of a sudden be like a 20-plus percent target share guy and he's getting – 120 targets in this offense. That's possible. I see that possibility, but I had Billy Muzio on last week and we did the Baltimore, you know, uh, projections that he had. And I think I had, um, uh, say for uh, 16 and a half percent and he had him at 13 or 14% target yeah. share, put, just puts him around 70 targets. And, you know, obviously in year one, that's certainly fine, but he's not going to win you anything getting 70 targets this year. Look, he may be, he may get more than that, obviously, but you got Bateman, you got Andrews, you got likely, you got Odell Beckham. You still have mouths to feed, despite the fact that they're going to be more pass happy. All that being said, it's like, here I got Kincaid. This guy could absolutely get to a hundred targets potentially. Right. I mean, if right they see him as right, it's possible. Yeah. Um, high volume offense. I mean, they're probably 600 pass attempts and you know, yes, uh, Diggs is going to get 150. Davis gets a hundred and then all of a sudden it's still a lot to go around. So a lot. You, you know in, what I'm saying? In, so in I redraft I, I in redraft. I'm only Kincaid taking Zay. Yeah. in redraft. I'm only taking Jordan Addison and Kincaid. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. just cause Quinn Johnson. I mean, well, I guess the problem with a guy like Quinn Johnson is you want to have him because you're saying, okay, what are the odds that one of Keenan Allen or Mike Williams gets hurt? Pretty good. Pretty high. Right? Yeah. But the thing is you have to draft him. At where yeah. he's being drafted, yeah. which I I just wish he was a guy where I could put on my watch list and just have him, yeah. right? If if somebody gets hurt, but it's the wide receiver handcuff game is such a tough game to play because yeah. not only as we learned with Josh Palmer last year, not only do they they go away and you have to get the guy and you have to pick your spots, but then they come back and yeah. you know Keenan Allen is the wide receiver two over the last eight games and you got to put Josh Palmer back on the bench. And it's just like, it's such a uh, pick, such a difficult way to pick your spots. Yeah. You know what, Jackson? This game we play is very difficult. Yes. And for <laughs> me, it's like with Quentin, at least when you, you know, with with QJ, you're like, okay, well, if he's any good whatsoever at all, he's attached to Herbert for a long time, which is like fucking amazing. So like the upside of a guy like that who has upside to begin with, like in a vacuum, Quentin Johnson is sort of epitomizes upside. Well, now you put him with Herbert. That upside, look, will be realized if he's good. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, I don't know. He's playing with Daniel Jones. Never know. No, no, no. If he's any good, he's going to be fucking awesome. So that's the that's the story for QJ, which is why I still take him over Kincaid because I can't allow myself to take, you know, a tight end over a potential superstar in the league. Now you could say the same thing about Zay, and I'll I'll forfeit that. But I think that Quinton has all the upside potentially. Right. And that's well, that's why you should literally when you're sitting at your computer or your iPad or on your phone on Twitter and wherever you do your research and wherever you come up with your takes, you should physically have three different hats or however many different formats you play and say, OK, I have my dynasty hat on right now. 
and yeah. this is my take. And this is, I rank JSN one and Jordan Addison two and this guy, you know, right. and then you take that hat off and put on a different hat and you say, I'm drafting a best ball team. I will now take Jordan Addison over JSN. And you put, you, you, you take your Devi hat and whatever those takes are and throw them away <laughs> because they're mess. They're messing you up. Right. Like, so you're taking, right. He's like, a forced, he was a four star recruit. Like, no, like yes. Noel, I, I watch Noel divine's videos on YouTube too. Right. Like it's, you got to let that go. Right. So you yeah. take that hat, get rid of it. Then you have a different hat for best ball. You have a different hat for everything. You really got to separate it because you asked me to rank these guys. You got to tell me the context. Michael Mayer, Michael Mayer, um, scares me just, uh, just a little, he, he feels a little, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, he, he wasn't as athletic as we'd like him to be. He wasn't as big as we'd like him to be. You know, we were, we were told little mini Gronk. Well, he's mini. All right. He's not big enough. He's not all that. He's not all that rocked up. He's not that athletic. I mean, he just didn't quite get there. He was very productive, um, and was able to dominate targets, which is a skill. What 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 else? Am I missing something, or or uh, or am I, I? It sounds like you're lukewarm with this guy as well. I am, and it's this is the guy I was alluding to earlier. Okay, where my concern is that he go. So I and the thing is, I want to roster him, but I don't want to pay the price. This is a guy that what you do with this guy. This is the Trey McBride where you don't draft him in your rookie draft and you trade for him. Yeah. Right. So McBride might be hitting his window earlier, but at the time he was behind Zach Ertz. Right. Yeah. So with, with this guy, he's, you know, he's got, he has the talent that we want to roster, but we don't want to pay the price. So you wait. And the first year he comes out as a two way tight end block, you know, being the George Kittle, good blocker, decent route runner. He's behind Devonte Adams. He's behind Hunter Renfro. He's behind Jacoby Myers and targets. And the guy that drafted him panics. And he says, this guy is not, he looks at Dalton Kincaid playing the slot and Sam Laporta playing the slot and all these guys running these routes and he panics. And that's when you swoop in and you, you trade for him and then just wait for Mike, uh, for Josh McDaniels to get fired. And then the next guy comes in and he says, right. It's uh the Adam, Adam Gase had Mike Gusecki block on 17% of his pass plays as a rookie. He was like tight end 60. And then Brian Flores came in and brought in Changeli, and he was blocking on two percent. Now he's tight end six. That's what we're waiting for. We're waiting for this regime and Devontae Adams to go away and Hunter Renfro to go away. And then now, all of a sudden, with the new regime, they have this guy that is a young player, and he's going to be a top two target on the team. And now his window is open, right? That so that's the way I'm handling it. Is that I'm not going to pay for him now, but I am going to try and say, hey, you know. What do you want from him? Nobody ever trades any tight ends, though, Jax. But you yeah. and they, they, they know I'm up to something, and I am. Yes, I, but of course. And, you and, and, in your leagues, you know, go and yeah. say, hey, you know what? There, or, there was or, a tra- he could get dropped. He could get dropped. There was a trade window for Trey McBride last year. You're right. It's the same thing. And he was actually the tight end one as well. So I think you're right on the money. I love Laporta. Sounds like you're also in on Laporta, um, which is yeah. great. Um, he certainly has that receiving upside and was big enough. The other guy that I really like, and the, Green Bay kind of messed with me by doubling down with another tight end I like. I didn't want these guys going to the same team, but I'm a big Luke Musgrave fan. Um, just big, strong, very, very durable and rug. Well, durable, he hurt his knee, but I'm saying just, you know, he's a big, durable guy. Um, you know, and um, and he was like this four-sport state champion athlete at like track and field, I think maybe 
discus or shot put and wrestler. And he was on his ski team and football. Like he's just this well-rounded athlete. So I think he might be like, he, he kind of is sneaky because his final year, he started to break out and then got hurt. And so if he would have also had production to go along with everything else we see early second round capital, you know, pretty clear runway to targets, all the rest of it, he might be sort of going much sooner, but he falls in drafts. Like I'm getting him in the third round pretty consistently in rookie drafts. And I'm super, super stoked to grab Luke Musgrave there. Are you with me or is this more of a trap? So this is the one, this is the last one I'm willing to draft. I am willing to draft him. Right. Um, so, which is rare for me. I really, I don't draft a lot of tight ends because we invent them, Jax. Like, we're the ones that find the ones that fall through the cracks. But with this particular guy, he's the last one I'm willing to use a pick on. Third round pick is what you were saying, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you can get him there, man, because like you said, he is the ultimate mystery box, right? He's the, uh, and I think you kind of under, you undersold it when you said ski team. Because this guy is like decorated skier. Like, yes. he's like, he could, he like borderline professionals. Like, skiing in events that. The other people skiing in those events, skiing is what they do for a job, right? Like right. that's that he's like a serious, serious skier. And he's got the, uh, his uncle of course is, uh, Bill Musgrave. Like he's got the pedigree. Uh, so his uncle is a coach in the NFL right now. Uh, the problem is complete mystery box. Cause like you said, he got injured. He only had two broken tackles in all the college. I know. Right? It. So the concern is that this is going to be a situation where he's the Hayden Hurst who Hayden Hurst was the, the great athlete mystery box played briefly in the for the Pittsburgh Pirates, right? Like right. uh like freak athlete. And then they did the their Tucker Craft was Mark Andrews, right? Right. The thing Oops. is it doesn't Don't yeah, do it, it to me. <laughs> yeah. So Tucker Ouch. Craft I, I'm not telling everyone Tucker Craft is Mark Andrews, but I think no, that's what they're yeah. thinking. They're thinking yeah. let's go after this high upside athlete and and hope this is the guy. And man, he looks good so far. But if not, we have this guy that's, you know, pro- prototypical tight end Tucker Craft. But yeah. personally, you have to, if I, like, if we went back right now and without knowing what we know, if you ask me, Mark Andrews or Hayden Hurst, I'd say Hayden Hurst. Like mm. you, you can't, was anyone ranking Mark Andrews above Hayden Hurst that year? Yes. After, you were, so As Hayden Hurst went hundred percent. Yeah. Hayden Hurst went the first round to yeah, the no, that Ravens. That didn't matter. That doesn't matter. I don't look at that. I, I didn't. Send I, it. He, Hayden Hurst was drafted. He was 26 years old or some shit. He had no production. He, no, I was out on Hayden Hurst. But Mark Andrews had a great profile. And so, yeah, I'm, I was not. And, and I've got receipts to prove that shit. But yeah. Send I, me. Tag yeah, me. Tag me. Once we get off the show, I want to see it. Because that is impressive, man. That is yeah. very impressive. But for the no, most I mean, part, Hayden, like, Hayden you got to take. old. You know? That was right. his problem. Yeah, that, that is the one thing there. He was like you know, the, Musgrave's the Brandon, 22. The Brandon Whedon. Yeah, exactly. Musgrave's twenty-two. So some of these, some of these tight ends are, of course, they, they look, man. It's it's hard to be six-six, two fifty-five, and run a four-five flat. Like, right. do you know what kind of athlete that is? So these guys are like, there's a lot of takes, sickos in this class. It's sick. So like that, that's really, really high level stuff. So these guys tend to be a little bit older. Tight ends are. It's a tough position to play in the NFL because you have to be the sixth offensive tackle and you have to be like fleet of foot and able to, you know, run routes. So, you know, have both of that skill set. That's one of the reasons I really like Luke Musgrave is that he's been very athletic, but he's also sort of a multi-sport athlete. I think he's got a lot of uh, different types of, you know, uh, things that he's been able to accomplish. I think doing this is one of the things that he might be able to accomplish as well. Right. And that's the thing is, so that's, he, you have to go for the guy like that. 
because of all the in, you know all those intangibles when i say intangibles i mean he didn't have the production right so yeah. for some guys you know whether you're 27 and don't have the production or 22 and don't have the production sometimes it doesn't matter but for this guy you have to take a stab at the right spot because he could play in the slot right away right yep the other yeah, guy so- the other guy that's getting a lot of steam right now before we move off of tight end because my goodness we could talk about four hours of tight ends cole turner Cole Turner in Washington. I've I've rostered Cole Turner a bunch. He's a converted wide receiver. I think he played at Nevada, if my memory serves mm-hmm. me right. I'm not looking at my my uh, information, but yeah, I think he was a converted wide receiver. Has gotten bigger and stronger, and now word out of camp in in Washington is that this kid is starting to flash and starting to run with the ones. And you know, at his price point, both in dynasty and in redraft and in best ball. He feels like an absolute smash if you can do it. I know I've, I've seen him picked up on, off the waiver wire in one league where Chalk beat me to it. And uh, in most of the other leagues, I either have him or he's already rostered. In most dynasty leagues, I've got about 50% rostership with him uh, in my dynasty leagues, which is great. So if he does pop, it'll be there for me. But do you think this is a bit of a mirage or do you think this is uh, this is something to, to hold on to here? I mean, this is the exact smoke that you want here, right? Like. Right. Uh, and I was talking about it. I just retweeted a Cole Turner tweet yesterday that I had from February where I was like, look, John Bates, if you're, if we think Logan Thomas is on the way out the door, it's not John Bates, it's right. Cole Turner. Right. And if you think about what this organization has done so far, now we know that there's going to be some major change coming to this team. It's a new owner. They're going to want to put their stamp on things, right? So like Sam Howell and Jacoby Brissett, I'm not sure if the quarterback of the future is on this team. But some assets are going to survive. The strange thing that they did is when you look at this tight end depth chart, no, only one of these dudes played tight end in college, like pure right. tight end. Right. So quarterback, Col- wide receiver, and tight end. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, Armani Rogers, who act- who actually just unfortunately tore his Achilles, he was a quarterback. Yeah. And they got another guy, Curtis Hodges, that actually played wide receiver. So they have five guys on the roster. Only John Bates was like a full-time tight end. So, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. But yeah, Cole Turner, man, it's like he is that guy. And when you look at what he did this offseason, it's exactly what we want to see because Ron Rivera likes Logan Thomas in the slot, right? He likes him being a slot wide receiver. Cole Turner went and lost weight and put on like lean muscle, right? So that tells us he is not gearing up to be an inline blocking tight end. He wants Logan Thomas's job, which is a good job of fantasy. He was 2020. He was the tight end three. So once he gets that job, now it's a matter of waiting for a window to open. You know, Curtis Samuel, I don't know what, if, if he'll ever be healthy and, and and a player, but I like Terry McLaurin and I like Jahan Dotson. Sure. So that's what that's what presents the there's so there's it's like that's what's so tough about tight end. You have to be the best pass catching tight end. That's the first door you got to kick down. And then yeah. once you get in, you realize there's a safe you got to drill into where yeah. the you know you need the it's like god damn it right, right. if the thief yeah. like taking his you know taking his uh his mask off and he's sweating it's like that's what's next is that now you got to figure out how you're going to be uh a top two target on the team which is that's how you end up being travis kelsey mark andrews darren waller george Kittle. you go through the list so few of these guys are the third target that that's the next barrier to entry unless you're going to have a you know People say, oh, Julius Thomas. Well, Julius Thomas, yeah. He was the third or fourth target on a team when Peyton Manning threw 55 touchdown passes right, in 2013. Right. 
Like, yes, sure. If Sam Howell is going to throw 50 touchdown passes, it doesn't matter. We like Cole Turner. Turner if that happens. Yes, we do. <laughs> so well, I say that about Irv Smith. I'm like, well, if 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 Joe Burrow throws 50 touchdown passes, it doesn't matter who has Irv Smith. The guy that has Joe Burrow won the league. Right. <laughs> so like, you're you're making a crazy bet. Like, why are you trying to shoot the arrow with another arrow like Robin Hood? Just just pick Robin Hood. Right. Like, that's <laughs> that's what I'm saying. dude. That's good. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. I, I, I Look, for most of us who play in dynasty leagues that are deep, some of you play in two tight end leagues, some of you in 16 team leagues, you know, sometimes you're just looking for a guy that can start for you. That's where I yeah. think Cole Turner comes in. I, don't I think have he, him. Yeah. I have him in like every league that I, every best ball dynasty league I'm in, every t- league with a taxi squad. I'm yeah. the guy that has Cole Turner. I've had him for a while. So I'm with you there. But yeah. yeah. But, and now we wait. Now we wait for the window to open. And it now could be. Wait. It could be now. It could, and it could Kelsey, be right now. Right now is not a bad time to sell. Oh, him. You know, yeah. sell them for a second right now if you can. I mean, I'm I'm Go. all for it because I mean, you know, a lot of times we think, oh, let's hold on. He's going to do better. He's going to do more. It's the Travis Fulgham corollary, right? When Travis Fulgham was doing stuff, we're like, he's good, and you're like, no, he's not. He just was good for a minute. So sell on right. the the high. Sell on the sell on the upswing. And if you play the windows, if you play the windows, like a guy like Evan Engram, you have yes. the rookie, you draft him as a rookie. He's awesome. The first, you know, when you see him with Daniel Jones, you don't like it, move him. And yep. then the moment he gets, he gets to a new team with the Jaguars, you go get him. And then yep. now they bring in Calvin Ridley, you sell him. Like this is <laughs> right. like, you know, it, that's right. You're actually, you could actually take this one player and continue to, uh, to to shake money at it, take shake yeah. hold your holding them upside down, shake coins out, and then yeah. next year when he's a free agent, when he gets out from this franchise tag and he's a free agent, you dust him back off and you bring him back. You yeah, know, that's, that's right. That's exactly it. Yes, you can do that. You sell on the highs and buy the dip. Um, speaking of either selling high or buying the dip, I'm not sure exactly what the hell's going on, but I have a funny feeling you'll have an opinion on the San Francisco 49ers. And what in the hell is going on at quarterback there? I love this saga. To me, it's fun as hell. Um, Brock Purdy, they kind of come out and said, I think it was a little news snippet that said that they're pretty confident that he's going to start week one now, which yeah, I don't fucking know if that's true or not. But <laughs> it's- Right, I don't know if that's true or not. Like the, that, that he will start week one. But what we do know is they said it, or you know what I mean. Like that, that's the know. best part about it all. So what <laughs> in the fuck is going on in San Francisco? Says you, Mister Cooper, bro. And you know what? This couldn't have happened with a worse coach, right? Than right. Hot Hand Shanahan, right? It's like the worst possible coach for this to happen with because he is the Hot Hand guy that not only is not going to tell us anything you know, beyond what we need to know, but he's the one dude that, or one of two dudes that's willing to change their opinion from week to week, uh, which Bill Belichick being the other guy. And I guess Mike McDaniel now kind of like they went out and got, (laughs) they went out and got, they do. He's the man, but like, imagine being the GM for him. It's going to be the most frustrating thing ever. They go out and get chase Edmonds and Mike Gusecki and Cedric Wilson. And they're like, here you go. And McDaniel takes a hit of his vape and he's like, ah, I don't like any of those guys. Like, send By them the away. Way, have you heard my John Gannon take? Go on. You know John. You know John Gannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's a new coach for the Cardinals. You're fast. Yeah, that guy reminds me of like your high school buddy 
if you told your high school buddy, hey, you're going to go be the coach of the Cardinals, but you have to pretend to be Mike McDaniel the whole time. <laughs> Dude, that's so good, bro. Because it really, it really is, it's though. Like, he's like, that's what he is. You're like, is this an act? This is how you really boo. Like, he's out there just like acting as if. It's fucking unbelievable. That's I'm telling you, it's the, I'm I'm rooting for those guys though. Like I'm rooting yeah. for him, those guys. I'm rooting, Bobby Slowick. Bobby yeah. Slowick, you know, from the 49ers. He's dude. He worked for Pro Football Focus for three years. I'm like these nerds getting in there and doing these jobs. Yes, that's that's the next step before you and me are up in there, Jack. That's I'm it, telling baby. you, dude. <laughs> I, I might have missed my window, but I'm I'm ready to nah, go. Baby. I think you, I do. Look at some of these. Hey, coaching. We're not talking about playing coaching. You could coach for a long time, buddy. Yeah, I've right, how old? Yeah, right. How old's Pete Carroll? Pete Carroll he's, I just he, need to get some gum. Start chewing yeah. some gum on the sideline <laughs> there. Do some butt slapping yeah. right away. <laughs> I kid from Alabama. I like him. Uh, yeah. Um, so the original question of you know what to do with the 49ers, it's yes. such a it's such a um the, the problem is that one guy, Brock Purdy, is better, in my opinion, for all the weapons. And then one guy is better for fantasy football. So in the leagues where I have the weapons, where I have Chris, Donald. <laughs> the Darnold. Yeah. That's let's go, mean, right? dude. That's the guy yeah. that's better in fantasy, Sam Darnold. <laughs> the best, dude. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. I wouldn't put it past him. But no, no. So the guy that's. You think, yeah, wait. He, so you need to. I, I can't let that one go by. How do we know what Trey Lance is good at at all? I mean, I mean this wholeheartedly. So, I'm not so, even saying yeah. he's bad. I'm saying, how do we know what he's good at or if he's good? Here, so here's the problem that we run into is that it's the style of play. Yeah. So he could be very good, but Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson are very good. But he's not but, that. But he's not that. But let's say he is. That still hurts Christian McCaffrey because sure. those sure, sure, guys, sure, sure. Yes, you yes. know, mathematically speaking, we don't have to get it. Yes. These are, I'll, I'll, if anybody wants, so this isn't a seven hour podcast. If anybody wants to <laughs> math, it's been done. There's an article. Don't, by, get, my, don't get my listeners excited. <laughs> I can do, I'll, you know, I'm down. You know, I'm always down. But so it, there's an article done by uh, Scott Barrett that talks about the value of a target versus a carry. There's another article done by Andrew Erickson that talks about mobile quarterbacks targeting the running backs. I have my own uh, articles on it, but those are two, in my opinion, marquee articles on on um, that th- that have done the research, done the study, and we know that mobile QBs on on whole don't target the short passes as much, right? Yep. So, and just, we talk about like overall value that's being generated by the offense. When the quarterback throws a pass to the running back and the running back scores, that's generating points for the quarterback and the running back. You're getting the reception, you're getting all this stuff. When Lamar Jackson takes it himself, that's just one person getting the points. So the quarterback, the Drew Breeses of the world that's willing to throw 100 passes to the running back is generating more total team fantasy points than the mobile one. That's why, in my opinion, the Brock Purdy distributing the ball generates more touches an opportunity for everybody else versus Lamar uh, versus I almost start calling Lamar Jackson Trey Trey Lance taking it himself right so and that's also not I'm, converting and not scoring because he might not be good exactly, I don't yeah. know if he's good man I, and, and I here's know. the thing for me is like if he were really good and like just was hurt don't you think they'd be like yeah he's gonna be starting fuck this Brock Purdy fella I, I just they would have they would have committed to him and right. then everyone would have been saying the fact that this is what really scares me about that. That's such a good take, Jax, is that have you heard anybody say we would have won the we would have won the Super Bowl if we had if Trey Lance was something? <laughs> you know, like where no. is that then? Where yeah. is that? Like that should have been there. There should be some of that, right? If he if they believe in him, our starting quarterback got hurt, or we would have won. Yes. 
No, that, that, that there's none of that. And I think that, you know, it, it, look, he still might be good. I've been saying this on loop, but I've been saying this since he was drafted. I'm like, wait, how do we know he's any good? Like people are like Konami code and all this stuff. Yeah, yeah, I understand the, the phylum of player he is, but is he any good at that? We don't fucking know. He played one year of college football at like, you know, against like literally the lowest <laughs> level of competition ever. And he yeah. had a dope team as it turns out. He's got one of his – couple of his offensive linemen have moved on to the NFL. He's got yeah. two weapons in the NFL. Like Cody, Cody Mock just – yeah, Cody Mock just got That's drafted too. Like, they're, they're, like the new Mal, they're like the new Mount Union, right? Yeah. Where it's like yeah. for a while there like they were coming out. I'm like Pierre Garçon and Cecil oh, Shorts yeah, and all these guys. Yeah. Yes. So I, mean, so I, I don't would, know if he's any good. So yeah, for for fantasy though, my take is this: in single QB leagues, I have no interest in Brock Purdy, but I do have mild interest in Trey Lance because sure. of the Konami code. Yes. In superflexes, where it gets dicey, because now you enter the world of all that matters is that they start right. So, do you have Purdy ahead of Lance? It's so hard because of the range of outcomes, like the ceiling. I, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that uh, you know. In single QB, it's easy because you just say, well, one guy has a ceiling that's higher than the other. Like, right. We we all acknowledge that Brock Purdy's not going to start running for 700 yards, right? Like, that's just not going to happen. But in Superflex, the most important part is that they're a player. So I, I have no problem with that ranking. Well, he, he, I just pulled up keep trade cut for the hell of it. Uh, yeah. Because um, here it is, right? So... Right now, they have Trey Lance ahead of Brock Purdy, basically back to back. But I mean, man, I don't, I don't know, man. I think Trey Lance might get a shot, but again, we don't know if he's any good. I think Brock Purdy's going to get a shot, and we know he's kind of good. Like, right? Like, like, let me ask you this question: In Dynasty, who would you rather roster, Jordan Love or Brock Purdy? Purdy. Brock Purdy, because especially if I'm competing now, right? Because think about this team. It's it's insane. They have, and we're talking, there's 32 teams in the NFL. They have arguably the number one left tackle. And I would argue, I would I would rank him one. Trent Williams is, the, in my opinion, the number one left tackle. They have arguably the number one, uh, they have arguably the number one running back. They have, as we discussed earlier, are easily the best two-way tight end. They have the best fullback in the league. Like you go around this offense and you're rattling off people that aren't just at the, towards the top of their position. They are the best at their position. Yeah. Right. And then you get into Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk that are towards, I would say towards the top of the position. Uh, You know, you go through the line, like this team is loaded with players that are at the top of their position. So whoever the quarterback is, that's a guy that you absolutely are considering at your super flex spot. But don't you think, like, uh, for me, like, Jordan Love and Brock Purdy, I think are, like, at least equal bets to have to be yes. good in this league, like, and to continue and to get a contract and the whole thing. Like, I don't see one as that much greater than the other. I do understand that Jordan Love could be good. I'm not saying that, like, poor Mount, he's, he's done, but, like, it, I don't know, like... I just can't. I just can't understand. You know, Jordan Love is right now quarterback seventeen. Brock Purdy quarterback twenty three. I, I have a much much closer than that, and and I think I'd rather have Purdy. Uh, I'd certainly rather wait and draft Purdy later. And I did this. You know, I, I took uh, in a recent startup. I just took Mac Jones as quarterback either thirty one or thirty two. 
as, in a dynasty startup. I mean, there were Will Levis went ahead of him. All these guys went ahead of him. Mac Jones, 24 years old, left the world on fire in Al- at Alabama, was drafted in the first round, uh, had a great rookie season, and had a slightly off season when he had no weapons and no offensive coaching. And we're that's, fading well, him to the quarterback 32? What's going on? That's, I mean, yeah, he had uh, behind only Dak, the uh, second most, uh, second highest completion percentage as a rookie behind only Dak, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, and it's for so funny because this, we'll look in hindsight, right, and say, oh, well, you know, Trevor Lawrence, uh, he just needed to go from Urban Meyer to Doug Peterson, and then they added a bunch of weapons. They added yes. Christian Kirk, and they added Evan Ingram, and and it all worked out well. And that, but we we won't say we won't say in four you know forethought we can't we can't predict that that maybe that could happen for Mac Jones. It that already maybe, did happen. It went, right. but it was opposite. It was <laughs> like the, the first thing, year he had all the good infrastructure. The second, and it wasn't even that good. The second year was shit infrastructure, and he was, you know, I mean, he was not and, good. But and now we're fixing. Not. Now they're working towards fixing it, right? And right. it's like now they made those same moves. And so I would like you. I wouldn't be surprised if in hindsight next year we come back and we say, oh. Look, look what happened here. And then now everybody's going around. They're saying, well, it happened here. Like if Mac Jones and Russell Wilson are good this year, then next year, the entire industry is going to be digging around saying, okay, which coach was bad and which coach is the new good coach. Right. Right. And trying to find the next one. Like, why don't we get in front of that right now and try and I'm willing to grab Russell Wilson. You know, I'll, I'll give him a shot if I'm competing now, like just to see. Just to see if maybe Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi can figure it out, you know. So I'll give Mac you an example. I'll give you an example. Kenny Pickett, quarterback eighteen, pick seventy eight. Mac Jones, quarterback twenty seven, pick one sixteen. It's like for me, it's like Jordan Love, Kenny Pickett, Brock Purdy, Mac Jones, even Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. If you want to throw them in there, I think they're a little bit further down. But those, all those guys, are in the same bucket for me. Young quarterbacks who may or may not be good enough to have staying power in the league. But none of them are elite upside guys. No, no. And you know what's funny? I love that you mentioned Kenny Pickett because there's our guy for next year, right? Uh, Matt Canada, they brought him back for some reason. Matt Canada gets fired after this year, and then all of a sudden they bring in a new guy, and Kenny Pickett will be next year's version. Yeah. But I'm with you that, like, Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns last year. Why should he be ranked so much higher than Brock Purdy? Brock Purdy went almost to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy probably he could have gone to the Super Bowl if he didn't get hurt. Yeah, I mean, well, we'll see about it's, that. It was possible. It yeah. was. It's. I know. It you know. I, th- I still think Philly it, was better, but Philly was the better team. But yeah. that doesn't mean the better they team doesn't always shot. win. Yeah, the better team shot. doesn't always win. Yeah, they had a <laughs> shot. That. They had a shot. I mean, they had a pretty good backup quarterback in um, checks notes. Christian McCaffrey. I heard he's good. <laughs> they I literally had to make a new rule to make sure that doesn't happen again. They, honestly, they should. I mean, it is dumb. I mean, you know, I'm I'm actually of the of the opinion they should you know expand the uh, available rosters anyway. I mean, you know, like right. I mean, why would what the hell's the problem? Like, yeah. is it that much of a big deal if we have three quarterbacks dressed for it, a game? I mean, it, it, to me. To me, it is. I, I've then this is a Bill Belichick topic that he spoke on this, and he's like, I don't want the rosters expanded, and people were mm-hmm. like, Why? He goes, What? Because you're at 48, right? For, he goes, Expanding to 48 has created additional niche positions. He goes, You couldn't, you didn't used to 
You used to have to have guys that would play special teams. They'd play yeah, multiple things. Yeah. He goes, now you can have a guy that just comes in on third downs because he has a really good spin move and rushes the quarterback from edge. <laughs> right. right. He's like, now you have these running backs that only come in. Right. He goes, yes. the more you expand it, he goes, if you expand it, you're going to have the offense is going to say, hey, now we have this one guy that's seven feet tall and we bring him in just for red zone. And now the defense has to have a guy that's seven feet tall. Right, and now right, you have right. all yeah. these niche yeah. positions. He doesn't want that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the problem with that. And I, I agree. It, it would hurt fantasy more. Or, so or I don't maybe want, just have yeah. a, 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 you know, three quarterbacks or something like that. You can do four seven it, plus a three. Yeah, so that's a I think they, they overdid it. They should do what they do in hockey. Do you know what they do in hockey? No, tell me. This is the best rule. The backup in, goalie in, situation. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. You never heard of this? No, tell me. I'm I'm an idiot. You know that. No, oh, you're not an idiot. It's just it's just it never ha- it's only happened like one time. I think it happened like last year, or maybe the year before. <laughs> but they each team has a uh, these seats that they keep for one person, and it's usually like a local coach or like a uh, certain you know just a, a guy that they know could play goalie in a pinch. And he gets to go to the game. And if the either team runs out of goalies, they pull him out of the stands and dress him and he plays. No He's shit. The, I swear to God. And it happened. And the guy, I think the guy actually like won or he made a bunch of saves and everyone was going crazy. Like a Check local out. dude who just fucking hangs out at the game and has to, be, yes. has to play goalie in a I, pinch. That's fantastic. I swear, dude. I swear it's happened. Uh, the emergency goaltender uh, and it's uh, an insurance salesman last year got was the guy yeah so good dude and he uh and he called he, he, he got called into a game dude yeah uh 2022 ducks use emergency goalie tom hodges in season finale against the stars and <laughs> he's got his own pads on so he yeah uh That's and fantastic uh, yeah so he's got his own pads Baker and gloves Mayfield and stuff could do that yeah, it's yeah, I mean, Sorry, exactly, dude. Baker. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, he Baker. Be, be, <laughs> about the insurance salesman. Yeah. So he, dude. So this guy came out and he was he was the stars emergency goalie, and he has his own pads and gloves, but they're all green. So, but the Ducks had to use them. So there's pictures of this guy wearing all like green pads and gloves, but he's got a Ducks jersey on. Like it's yeah, That's such a good rule, rule, dude. Yeah, you got to pull this guy out. You know, Flutie, Doug Flutie's in the crowd or somebody Let's like that. Go. Let's go, Doug. Yeah, Flynn. dude. So, Dalvin Cook or Alexander Madison? Oh, dude, that is like, oh man, because Madison, he he has had enough good games when Dalvin's hurt for me to say, I like, I like this. And dude, Madison is people don't realize how young that guy is. Man. How young he was drafted? He's younger than Najee Harris, right? Like he's. Straight up, he's straight up younger than Najee Harris. Alexander Madison. I'm not kidding. That's a fa- that's a fact. Well, Najee's so, old, but he's still 25 years old. He's um, 25, but like you know, it's like he's not like people love Tony Pollard in Tony Pollard's first chance to start, and yeah. Tony Pollard's like 26. He is. So yeah. Tony Pollard's why, older than you think too. Yeah, absolutely. So why can't why wouldn't we like Alexander Madison? So I think. Again, right Maybe this moment, he's not good. I don't think he's any good. I don't even think he, we'll get to it. Let's right this right moment. I, I think. Look, I said right I this think, moment. I, I think, right this I mean, moment, it's Dalvin. If but Dalvin the moment gets released, I think I, I don't know that Alexander Madison is this sort of clear runway number one. I think. I think. I think. Oh, Dwayne you like McBride, Ty Chandler and, and no, Dwayne, McBride Dwayne McBride and those is guys? A better pure runner than Madison. Yeah. So so was jo- Jordan Howard. 
Dwayne McBride, yeah. I, I like that's the thing about Dwayne McBride. I think he's a really good real life football player. Right. So was Alfred Morris. The guy caught five passes in college. He's not a pass catcher. His senior year, this this fella had seventeen hundred yards on the ground and caught two passes. Yeah. What in the heck were they doing, dude? You can't you can't manufacture a couple screens for a player like that. <laughs> I, like you can't. I mean, come I on. Mean, that's you, a bad. They velcro. I can't. They velcro. I deny the pass game work. Stick them or something, dude. I just I just don't think it's like Alexander Madison in the you know alpha role like like you know i think that's what he was in a spell situation you know but i don't i I just don't see alexander they also didn't pay him all that much he didn't garner anything in the free agency what's his agent doing what's his agent doing maybe telling him who he represents and they're like no thank you it's crazy because like i like i like tai chan i like tai chandler i like keenan yuanglu i like all the keenan yuanglu he runs like a kick every time they kick it to him yeah you know like i mean put it this way who would you rather have in Dynasty, Khalil Herbert or Alexander Madison? Oh, see, that's the problem with Khalil Herbert's running. I would rather have Madison because Khalil Herbert is on that same. He's got Justin Fields, man. It's and Dante Khalil Foreman. Herbert is well behind him. He's RB thirty-seven in keep trade cut, and Madison's RB twenty-nine. I'll take Khalil Herbert all day long. Better football player, same age, by the way. They're both twenty-five. But at least Khalil Herbert has an opportunity at a backfield right now, and he was the the most efficient running back in the league last year behind Nick Chubb. Yeah, I mean that's mathematically is true, like met, metrics wise. Yeah, no, I've, you're welcome. I mean it's a fact, so you know <laughs> it's, he's it's, good. You got like, at there. least he's like but, legitimately good. If you hand him the ball, he's good. I I always find it weird that they don't give the ball to the better running back. Sometimes it's like you know. David Montgomery was like there was I don't even think there was a single game last year where he was better on an efficiency, you know, standpoint than Khalil. Like literally every game. But and so but the but the I, but I will make this argument is that the the type of touches will affect the efficiency metrics. A two yard run on third and one is not a good. It, it hurts your efficiency metrics unless you really wanted to get well, into yards created. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was going to say, if you want to get into like expected yards created and all those things, and then in those stats, those players aren't as bad. Like, you know, Zeke is an example of a guy who is better in those stats than he is in the pure stats. He's still not great, but he's better in those stats, right? And Zeke did score 10 touchdowns over the last, you know, he scored a touchdown every game he played for the rest of the season. He's a trustworthy pro. There's a world where, and that's why David Montgomery went to the Lions to be Jamal Williams. Like, because yes. that's what he's good at. And they brought in a new Dave Montgomery in Donta Foreman. Watch how watch how inefficient Donta Foreman is going to be. You're going to be banging your head against the wall again, Jax. I'm telling you uh, right now. When when Donta Foreman, I'm, I'm telling you, Khalil Herbert. I'm I'm telling you, man. If there's a pass interference, week one, I'm going to set this. I'm going to set the stage for you. Week one, it's DJ Moore down the sideline. Ball goes up, 40 yard pass in the end zone. Defensive back grabs him, drags him to the ground. Pass interference in the end zone. Goal line set up. Everyone's thinking Justin Fields is going to take it in himself. And who plunges it in? Dante Foreman. I tell you, dude, Dante. it's it's going it's going to happen. Because if you're the RB coach and you're saying who do we send down there, how can you send Herbert over that guy? He's a monster. Mm. I know. Well, you've pissed me off now. But um, but you, we we want to roster those guys. We still want to roster guys we believe in, right? All right. From a, let's do this from a from a from a 
redraft and um, you know best ball s- uh, scenario. Who are some of the dead zone running backs that you do like this year? Maybe you know a little bit closer, so like maybe somewhere like RB twenty or later, something like that. I think that's dead zone. Is that fair enough to uh, say dead zone? Is the- I think that you know what I think that is fair, but you're cutting off a little high. You're cutting off literally one spot higher. Is my favorite guy. Can we say RB19 and on? 19 and later. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say this. I'll say the RB RB dead zone officially starts after I take Miles Sanders in every league. Okay, perfect. Because I do like Miles Sanders a lot. I think that uh, if you look at Jalen Hurts, he had the second most. So Jamal Williams, we talked about how he had all those carries inside the five. Jalen Hurts was second in that. Among, among all players, second in carries inside the five, and the Eagles were dead last in RB target percentage. Okay, and if I'm Jalen Hurts, why am I throwing it even? Like, why would I risk flipping it to the running back and having him maybe drop it in the play being dead if I can just run it myself? So, yes, I think that he goes to a situation now where his efficiency is he's going to probably not run for five yards of carry like we're used to, but more, you know, he's the red zone guy, he's uh, you know, he'll get the targets, it should be better. Right. Top After, five or top five or eight offensive line too. I mean, maybe maybe number. One, I mean, they're they're very good offensive line. I know, dude. Look what Frank did with the Colts yeah. in the running yeah. game. It's we just gotta we gotta hope that Bryce Young is good, and yep. I think it's it's entirely possible. It's yep. Entirely possible. And well, if good he's enough. not, they still have the Red Rocket there to like hold the ship. So if he's like completely train wreck, they can at least steady the ship and be good. Yeah. I hope I hope we go full Drew full Drew Brees here and. Bryce Young just can't see over all these monsters. He's just flipping it over to the running back all the time. That'd be great. Yeah, it's possible. <laughs> you know? Well, he won't be able to see any open receivers. That's for fucking sure. Yeah. So I am taking they Alexander Madison. That was the joke. They all suck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, like, when we got like the tallest possible guys, right? Like DJ Chark and Thielen. They're like, Thielen, yeah, just... they're just all covered. So he's like, fuck. I can't yeah. see anybody open. You can't see down the field. No, no, no. I can't see anybody open. <laughs> Like, yeah, well, you may so, be right there, Bryce. We can't see anybody that. open either. So, and we're standing on the sideline. We can't see shit like that. Anyway, we already talked about. So that's uh, you know he's nineteen. He's yes. nineteen. So the he's the last good. He's the last of the Mohegans. Now we're into the dead zone. Yes. I do. I, I'll take Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison at twenty two or twenty three. I do not. Have, for the life of me, I cannot understand the DeAndre Swift pick at twenty one. I yeah. can you explain that to me? Is or is that whole is that holdover from? Yeah, it's a it's some, a problem, right? Because like, wh- the, the, really, DeAndre Swift makes his bread in targets, and you just laid out the fucking case why he's not right. going to get targeted that much. He's not, you know, unless they really love him. He was also traded for like what a sixth round pick swap or something. Nothing. It's not like they have any in, investment in him, so they can just play him whenever the hell they want. They have another satellite back and Kenny Gainwell who. You know, we'll see the field sometimes, and Rashad Penny will play two or three games till he gets hurt. That's really the case, is that a, a bet on Swift is a bet for Penny somehow hurting himself yet again. But, you know, if Penny's healthy, he's an explosive runner and will certainly get some early down looks. And I don't think Swift at RB21 is a very good bet at all this year. I agree with you. I think they, I think they figured, they looked at what Miles Sanders was going to get paid, and they said, we'll recreate that. Yeah. With multiple guys, Rashad yeah. Penny, Rashad Penny as, uh, you know, a J.K. Dobbins type guy, right? You know, it's like, and yeah. he's never caught ten passes in the season, but who cares? Because That's you know, right. if they need, they have Swift and Gamewell for that if they need it, and I think they're very smart to do that because they did it incredibly afford- affordably, right? 
Yeah, I mean, if you're going to uh, think of a player like DeAndre Swift at RB21, why not just take Rashad White at RB26? Ex- exactly, dude. And that's the thing about fading some of these guys is I'm like, there's so many of them where I sit there, I'm like, well, why would I take this guy if I could take that guy? Yep. Right? Like, why would I take Damian Pierce if I could take a million guys that are just like the early down? You know, Bing. I mean, Pacheco oh, in the same role, in the same role on a better team. Yeah, yeah that's dude, right. Bingo, bingo man. So we like him. We like Rashad White. The in this range, you have to avoid like Zeke and Fournette. Those guys are going to land somewhere and kind of spoil some parties. But like, I look at yep. what teams like the Bucks and what the Cardinals are doing. Like the Cardinals are doing a bridge year. Why in the world would they pay Zeke Elliott? Right? Like, yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so, man. So like James Conner, I think I could very well see that team saying, hey, we want to lose. We 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 cut DeAndre Hopkins, right? The the over-under for that team, have you checked it lately? Uh, over-under win total for the Cardinals? For the Cardinals are three and a half. It's <laughs> four, four and a half, but it's going there. I, you might, dude, I when was all kind said of done, sarcastically <laughs> guessing, but yeah. Not that it's far getting off. there, brother. Yeah, yeah, not far off, man. So uh, yeah, they're basically doing it where it's like at five and a half, it's you can't you can't pay for the under and at four and a half you know they they're daring you to bet the over so right. yes um but so like that team like that's the exact kind of team that goes full james robinson and says hey you know what james why don't you earn yourself another contract while we lose on purpose james <laughs> connor right and like that was the james robinson season in a nutshell i could see a james connor having that kind of season so i like him in that range uh on underdog in best ball, I will take David Montgomery because it's half PPR. And, you know, I'm obviously I'm not saying he's going to score 17 touchdowns like Jamal Williams did. But we pointed out that if this offense is good and the offensive line is good, and I know you don't like him as a player, and you might be right, Jax, that they overpaid this player. But you can also be right that we don't like the player. I've seen players I don't like score double digit touchdowns. I've seen it a, a lot of times. And so it's very possible this guy scores double digit touchdowns. Who are we right? talking about? David Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I agree. I, I'm sorry. I don't I don't hate David Montgomery, the player. I just felt like in that backfield, um, you know, Khalil was better. But yeah, dude, David Montgomery, absolutely. I mean, those who are penciling him in for the 17 touchdown thing, like that's 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 doing it wrong. But those who are penciling right. him in for, you know, seven to twelve and saying, look, I think he's the touchdown goal line back i agree you know that that i'm with um, if i can get seven to tw- from from his adp uh yeah, which is great. now it's rb28 that's, that's right. seven to 12 huge. weeks in my lineup yeah huge win. dude yeah obviously now there's Takes one name time. here that there's a lot of hype on and i think it's justified but his adp hasn't moved yet so if you're doing early best ball drafts you have to go out and get yourself some some ajp run i think that at least some at least yeah. some at a at ADP, and I think what's going to happen is he's going to get overhyped, and he's going to end up in that dude. I he's going to end up going top thirty, top. You know, he could even be close to back end RB two range. In which case, we're not going to want him anymore. But at this ADP, I think it's worth it just because we know what Sean Payton and Joe Lombardi do. Uh, now I heard a very loud sigh here. Uh, you know, Samaj P. Ryan again, a guy that. In a vacuum, we don't love, but in the target vacuum of what Joe Lombardi and Sean Payton do, it's kind of hard to argue against it. Yeah, I, I, I just, you know, he's the he's a classic trap. Although 
at his ADP, what's he, RB34, it becomes right. less of an issue. I think, you know, and I think that's actually not terrible value, I, I will say. But it, it's it's, it's going to move, terrible. though. You're right, Jack. It, it's it's a tra- The trap has been set. What I'm saying is the trap has been set, and you can run in and grab the cheese right now and get some of that cheese before he moves up. Because he'll. I think he's going to go up, man. Yeah, he's already I just getting think too I'd close. Be afraid, I'd be I'd be hesitant to say, oh, this player who's never had a lead role ever in the in the NFL is going to just play himself into a lead role this year because the lead guys hurt. I don't love that way of thinking. Again, he's not being drafted. At, at, if you're if you're paying, you know, outside the top thirty five running backs, and it's that's fine. But I think he's a little bit of a trap in Dynasty. I have, an, I have a lot of a lot of people trying to trade for him and trading second round picks and all this. That's they're going to get this sort of. I'm out on all that. I'm out. Don't on all do that. that. Don't do that. The real, the best application of this player is not in best ball or Dynasty. You don't want you don't want to trade for players you don't like in Dynasty. Like you know you know right. the, you don't like the profile. Sort. But the roster the real, talent exactly right. The real application of this player is this: is if you're doing a real redraft league. And you're doing true zero RB where you need guys to start for you week one that you can trust for the first five weeks. This is a player you take and you, you have to know that just like all true zero RB that this player is, if you are going to win the league, this player won't be in your starting lineup. That's the understanding is that you wait and you take upside guys and you take as many upside guys as you can fill your bench with them and you have to have a couple guys you can trust for the first like two or three weeks of the year Samaj P. Ryan's that guy just know that if he's still in your lineup come playoffs you're probably gonna lose does like, that make sense I'll, I'll give you, yeah totally I'll give you some guys going around him that are like to me like Damian Harris yeah I mean, he's gonna be a starting running back for the Buffalo Bills right he's the starting running back for the Buffalo Bills and he's a look you're a Patriots fan this dude's a fucking hammer. He is. Right? Truly. Like and he's a really nice guy. I met him a couple times. Right? He, he but even if he's a prick, which he's not. But even if he he's <laughs> that might even hammer. be better. Yeah, so if these guys better, are pricks yeah. are even no, better. Actually, yeah. you know, you're starting to talk me out of him. Uh no, but <laughs> <laughs> <LeSean> McCoy. <laughs> but seriously, it's like he's a hammer. He he's a he, I mean, in that offense, I think he's gonna score some touchdowns. I mean, I know Josh Allen takes some, but he's gonna he's gonna be there. I, the, the 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 upside there without the passing game with James Cook taking that away, I also agree. Rashad Penny, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson should be the pass game right. uh, player. Khalil Herbert. Um, I just like a lot of those players as much as Samaj P. Ryan. Um, I think, you know, when we start thinking of P. Ryan, we're like, yeah, so he's going to be the starter, right? He's going to do all the stuff. It's like, well, maybe. Also, I don't – Javante scares the hell out of me. I'm not taking him at all. No. But he could be okay. He could be healthy by, you know, week four, five, six or whatever. And you only get one or two weeks of, you know, Samaje as a lead back. I just don't know. They could bring someone in too. Uh, they were certainly talked about uh, for Dalvin if he gets released. They were. I don't know if they have the ability to trade for him. So Samaje, I just think it's more likely that they find someone who's better than him that plays ahead of him than he's like yeah. all of a sudden – their RB one. That, that's I, just the way I feel. I, and I may be wrong. Look at the end of the at the end of the day, we could see Samaje getting eighteen carries and five targets for six, seven, eight weeks, and, and just, I'll have to eat it. Just, but the thing is, if if it doesn't last the whole year, then he's probably not worth the ADP, right? right. So you got to ask yourself what you want here. Right. If you're looking for a guy, because some people are looking at it and saying, "Oh, I'll just start him all year." Like that's, I think that's a mistake. If yeah. you want that guy, you can wait and take Devin Singletary, who <laughs> right. you know. 
they brought him in because Damian Pierce was RB one twenty four in pass blocking for yeah. PFF, and like we said, Bobby Slowick worked for PFF, right? He knows what's going on. They brought in a good pass blocking back, and Devin Singletary on a team that's probably going to have to throw more often than they run because running is the luxury of the winning team. Singletary could be that guy all year long for a team at, at RB fifty versus RB thirty four, right? So I'm there with you. I, I want to flip one and ask ask you, Jax. Uh, you've been asking me all the questions. I'm taking control yeah. now. We're, we're hitting it. that Your part show. of the show. Uh, I personally like drafting all these guys at ADP. But if you were to pick one you like best at ADP, give me the one of the uh, one of the Miami Dolphins running backs that you like best at ADP. Well, the A chain goes RB 36. Oh boy! And you have Raheem Mostert RB 48. And, and then Jeff Jeff Wilson RB fifty two, so they're all being drafted, and we're talking even Wilson goes pick one seventy, uh, which mm. obviously is you know two hundred and something players get drafted every underdog, so he's getting drafted every time. And in some of your home leagues, I mean, realistically, if your home league is fifteen sixteen rounds, all three of these guys are probably getting drafted too. Yeah, I think the correct answer in some ways is Jeff Wilson, right. But I, if I'm in a redraft league, I'm taking a chain for upside and just kind of you know hoping that. Look, here's the thing: a chain is kind of like Mostert, except with like actual between the tackle skill. So right. he he's got you, you know what I mean. Like Mostert was a speed back. A chain's a a really solid back. I mean, he was you know everybody who scouted him loved him, and the the knock was he's too small. Well, yeah, he's still too small, but he's a really good back. So he's a, he's an all-purpose player. They they view him as a pass catcher. So, you know, targets are more valuable than than carries. And I think he's good enough to get, you know, eight to ten, maybe twelve carries a game. I don't think he's going to carry the load. I think that's going to be a Jeff Wilson thing. But they're also going to be in games, you know, against the Bills and all these teams in the AFC where they're going to have to throw the ball. And I think they're going to try to get A-Chain to be the pass-down player who sees, you know, at some point, maybe not early, but later in the season, four, five, six targets a game plus a few carries. And I think he's going to make some big plays in that offense. So, you know, certainly in best ball, I definitely want A-Chain. And, you know, for that upside, I don't know if it happens in year one or in, you know, week one, two, three, four, but somewhere down the line, I think A-Chain is going to play his way on the field. Can I get you even more fired up on A-Chain right now? Yeah. So you talked about how he was too small. Yeah. He came out and said and said that he gained a ton of weight already right away. Yeah. And they were like they're like like usually cuz people say they're going to do that and you're like, "Well, why didn't you do it before?" And Bingo. he said, "Well, every year this guy's so fast that he track. was a legitimate track guy." Bingo. So every year after football, he was running track every single day. When is he going to put weight on? Can't. So he's like, "This is my first off season with no track." He's like, "It's it's not hard." He's a guy getting yoked. He's pulling a Austin Eckler, which Austin yes. Eckler weighed 194 when he was drafted. When I see pictures of Austin, Austin Eckler, does that look like a guy who weighs 194? He looks no, like a he's Ninja definitely Turtle. 205, 210, maybe. Yeah, yeah he, it, absolutely. He's super short, but he's stout. And I think the same thing yoked. with A-Chain. That was, it was, it, look, I'm not much of a, you know, uh, commentary guy, but that, that really got me. That sort of, that, that line of thinking that I ran track, so I, I'm not going to be heavy to run track. It's like, uh, yeah, that makes a lot of well, sense. It makes almost too much sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, well, yeah, he says it, you go, oh, 
Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. So I think this guy I, can. It absolutely makes, it makes me feel on. stupid, right? Where I'm like, yes, yeah, I exactly. knew that, dude. Yeah, it's I like he's that. like, I'm it's not totally gonna. Trash. He's like, I was, I was doing the hurdles. I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. If there's one thing you want when you're okay. trying to clear some hurdles is a little extra weight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So yeah, so, yeah, yeah it made me feel dumb. I, I had to like pretend like I didn't think that was a possibility. I yes. was like, I was like, yeah, I knew that. That totally happens all the that. time. <laughs> so yeah. what, what are the ones we're avoiding? Because I, I mean, I I like I'm avoiding Madison at all costs. I don't want Madison at anywhere close to where he's going. Even if you know, even if um. Even if Dalvin moves on, I mean, I suppose then his cost is fine, but his cost is to me, assuming that Dalvin is not playing there because that RB 24 or whatever, 22, get the hell out of here with Madison. Uh, P Ryan feels like a trap. What about Kamara? He feels like a complete fade. I just can't. I, the thing is, I don't think it's the suspension. I don't think it's built in enough to his price. I don't think it is, man. It's not. It's it's the other way right now. Where I think when he does get suspended, he, and it's announced, it's gonna come. It's gonna go the other way, right? So right now you're you're risking. I mean, he he might get suspended for the whole year, depending right. on you know. We don't know the details. This guy could be badly hurt, and I think they're trying to really steer away from that stuff. Um, you know, so I would rather just wait on a guy like that and draft. I don't think it's not like the Tyreek Hill situation where Tyreek Hill's ADP. I mean, well, I guess if he does get fully cleared, then we're, you know, now all of a sudden we're in, we're, we're in trouble. Right? But even like if he's healthy and playing and not suspended, clearly I would draft him ahead of his ADP right now. Definitely. Way ahead, no, yeah. no, obviously, but they've got some other backs there. They brought in Jamal Williams he is he he commands carries. They brought mm. in a, a, a third round rookie in Kendra Miller, who I think is man, oh man, he is really good. Looks Kendra good, Miller yeah. is fucking awesome. And so he's gonna command some some looks. He's gonna be excited and ready to go. And Kamara was losing some efficiency in the last couple of seasons anyway. He could just be sort of fading as a player altogether. That's uh, uh, certainly in the range of outcomes, he's not going to be, you know, uh, you know, in the game getting 15 carries and eight targets every game. I just don't know. I mean, he's going to have to get there with targets as he's done in the past, but I don't see him getting as much run as he's gotten in the past. So even if he's fully healthy and doesn't get suspended, I, you know, the upside toward the end of last season was not very exciting. And I don't know how much it gets better this year. I mean, I'm, I don't know, man. I, I I'm a stay away with with Camara. Uh, I, I think that you have to have a couple teams with him on it. Sure. Uh, for speaking to not not in dynasty, not in redraft, but speaking right now, just to the people that do hundred best balls, and you're yes. trying to you know yeah, the fair. Pete the, the Pete Oversets of the world. Yeah. Like you gotta yes. have to have some. You're gonna have to have some, but maybe don't be overweight on it because it could just. There's nothing worse than when it flips and you just look and you say that those teams are all dead. Fuck, why didn't I have Camara? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. It's like. He's fucking killing me. Um, yeah, that's possible. And in, in dynasty, you're stuck with him right now too, because there's no selling them. So like I've got him on a couple of teams and thankfully I've got some other running back stuff. So for me, he's just sort of a, a bench yeah. stash, which, you know, that when you look at your squad in dynasty and you see Kamara on it and you're not like, fuck yeah, that's when you know, you know what I mean? You're like, right. Exactly. Yeah. Shit. You know, that's not how you want to feel. So for those reasons, I'm hesitant Certainly in redraft, it's to me, it's almost like a wasted pick. 
You know, I had a team. I had a team that was so dominant in Dynasty for years, and I won, and I was like top three a bunch of times. And then now my that that team is Kamara, Zeke, and DeAndre Hopkins. And I'm looking woof. at, I'm like, well, I'm like out at sea, like clinging to a piece of driftwood, and I'm just like trying to like cobble this boat back together. I I, th- I have to try and make one more run with this team, but we're you know we're blown. It's gonna get blown up soon. Well, my friend, uh, we've done it. We we've we've gone. To the point where we cannot go any longer. I mean, we could. Oh, we yeah. could. The, oh, yeah. the, the, the listeners could. <laughs> no, the listeners could, man. I'm telling you, they. I, I, I've done a couple of one hour, just over an hour show, and I get DMs like, "Where the fuck's the rest of the show, you motherfucker?" Yeah. So yeah, they want it, but I refuse. I refuse on principle to end this show without Gabe Davis. I know. Let's do it, Gabe Send Davis. Him. Gabe Davis last year was was steamed up to wide receiver 22, 24 in best ball redraft. Everybody was they were fighting over themselves to be the one that drafted Gabe Davis. I don't think that was a good call. We talked about it on this show. I I, I basically called it. I, I kind of I, I knew what he was going to do. He kind of did that. The, the center of what he was going to do was what he did, except he missed three games, had a high ankle sprain. Now he's going at wide receiver 41. He had a disappointing year. was still a wide receiver, 35, 36. So even if he does what he did last year, he's a value already. Do you think that Gabe Davis has now become a value in best ball and redraft? I can't believe. I, it's a good thing I came back on here for this because last year I was fading hard. And yep. this year, it's it's overcorrect, classic case of overcorrection. And if you can pull it off. So like I personally think that it's digs at the top. And then it's Gabe Davis and it's Don Kincaid. Yep. If you can pull it off at reasonable pricing and grab Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid, then you might actually, especially if you're stacking with Josh Allen, yeah. you might actually have two usable guys, but I guarantee you're going to get one. And yeah. God forbid Stefan right. Diggs ever goes down because now you've won the, now you've, now you might have won $3 million. Like, cause I, I've done this, I've done this one already where, um, I did it in the league, uh, to I've done it twice now. One in a fantasy alarm member draft to spite my buddy. He took digs in the first round. Yes. And in the second round, I took Josh Allen. I was like, you're not getting that stack. Yeah. I'm not letting you do that. Uh and then and then I took Gabe Davis and Dalton Kincaid. Yes. Another one was in the um is in the big one in the uh best yes. ball mania. I did that and I didn't even want to do it. Like Gabe Davis, when we say his ADP is 41, I think I got him at wide receiver 48. Wow, that's crazy. He was just, yeah, I mean, like, that's how it goes with average draft position. You're going to have some people reaching for him in the 30s. Every once in a while, you're going to get him there. So I had already planned on doing the Kincaid stack once I didn't get digs. Yes. And then it fell right in my lap, the double stack. And I'm feeling, I even, I reached a little on Kincaid. I was like, whatever, I'm in. Like, now we're in. I'm drafting a best ball league right now. I'm at the, I'm at the 1.02. I took Jamar Chase and then come back to me, whatever that is, the 20, whatever, late second, I took Josh Allen. And uh, then I got Ramondre. You like that one? You like that yeah, start? Yeah, baby. Oh. So I'm planning on going Kincaid and Davis to stack with Josh Allen. And, you know, it's just like, I absolutely. I'm like, you know, once you get the value on Josh Allen late second, I think that's good value anyway, I think. I mean, you know, there's not much there. If, if he's still there, that means a lot of the other stuff has gone. Like Chubb was gone. and Because I like Chubb this year. You like Chubb? Hell yeah, man. It's, like, it's, just, it's like the opposite. So we're talking about all these situations where it's changed for the worse. Yeah. 
How in the world are we all just sitting here and saying Kareem Hunt is gone and a better quarterback's coming in? And like what? Philosophically, they should be passing more. They've invested in the pass game. And yeah, fantasy football does not have to be hard. Yes. Right. Like you can, we could even, and the thing is, Jerome Ford, I like him as a pure handcuff because he does the same things. But this is what we've always wanted. We don't want two guys that do two different things. We want two guys that do the same thing yes. right that's how you get the dalvin cook madison yes handcuff move right totally. so yeah dude give me nick Chubb. give me all the nick chubb man now is yes. the time now yes. is like the window for this is what we've always wanted the nick chubb people should be screaming from the rooftops and i i i don't i don't feel like they are they're not what, what's yes. going on there this is nick chubb season like okay this is a, this is a good one nick this is real now one of them gets drafted ahead of nick chubb every single time Nick Chubb or B. John Robinson, who finishes with higher higher point, fantasy points this year? I mean, dude, if you really think about it, it should be Chubb. It right. should be Chubb. You know, it's like B. John's a rookie, right? Right there. I mean, maybe he is the best running back since maybe he is a Saquon or Zeke. But, awesome. but the, the thing is, I think he is awesome. But the Falcons are they going to be awesome? I you know, no. I don't know. I don't know. think so. I think it. I, like that's the thing with with B. John. I you know I, I'm gonna. Yeah, Nick Chubb, baby. It's Nick Chubb all day long. I'm going to have to go look at my projections and see if I have actually Chubb. I think I have Chubb projected for more than than Bijan. And I think I had Bijan for plenty of, of fantasy right. points. But, you yeah. can have you can have them both, dude. You can you can have them both because Bijan goes at nine and yeah. Chubb goes at eighteen. So yeah. if you're taking Bijan at seven, eight, or nine, yep. mathematically speaking, you can also have Nick Chubb. Yep. And I think um you know, if I said one of those guys scores 15 touchdowns, who do you think it is? It's like it's easily Nick Chubb, not Chubb. not Bijan. Yeah. yeah, right. All right there's buddy. a bunch of that. You know, there's a bunch it. of that. There's Jacobs, Stevenson. You know, let's just push pause, re-record. We'll do another show. Just pick it up from here. We can just keep going, dude. We could talk fucking let's all day. Just long. be the show, man. This, this is, is yeah. what us massholes do. Us guys from the East Coast, we just keep it going. We're just we just got to get some beers, though. I mean, otherwise, it's gonna get a little boring. <laughs> it, it, actually, I was gonna I was gonna mention to you that it is five o'clock. So Ooh. I mean, it's five, it not only it not only is it five o'clock somewhere, it's five o'clock here. Yeah, so, it's two o'clock here on the I west know, coast. You're, but you're I will start coast. drinking just out of respect to you, sir. I appreciate that, dude. Yes. Out of respect to our culture here in Boston. Right. Hey, tell everybody where you're at. <laughs> Coupe Fiasco from Fantasy Alarm. He honestly fucking love this guy. He had a great show last year. Another awesome show this year. I'm sure he was right and I was wrong about all the things we disagreed on. So just listen to him, not me, and uh, tell him where you're from. When we come together, it's it's magic, man. We we always find a way to meet in the middle, and that's usually where it's right, you know. So, uh, yeah, I'm Fantasy Alarm. All my if you just follow me on Twitter at Coop A Fiasco, C O O P letter A F I A S C O. Uh, I retweet, post everything that I do. Uh, I've got all my articles on Fantasy Alarm. Check that out. I'm in the player profile or draft guy for those listening on there. I think I'm doing DK Metcalf as my player in there. And then I've got a new, uh, I've got shows on the better sports network and fantasy alarm channels. Uh, going to be every day. One to two Jax, You're coming on. You yes, can't say no because I came on this show. I'm already a yes. Yeah. You're already a yes. So yeah, good stuff all the time, man. And again, check out the articles because you know, this is only a snippet of what we do, right? So and everything that every topic that comes here, I've fleshed out in full in these articles. So you read that up, you'll be ready to rock and roll. And you'll you'll it's all concepts. My stuff is all concept articles. Yes. So you'll learn the things you need to make your own takes. My favorite thing is when people read my stuff and they come to me and they say, You're wrong because of this that you said. And I say, Right. 
damn it. There it is. <laughs> like, hey, you make great. a good point. You make that's a good point. Exactly yeah. right. Right. But so, that's what that's yeah. actually what this is too. That's one of the reasons I love all your articles. That's why you all listening, anybody who's into dynasty game theory, he's he's a game theory guy. He's thinking about it from a different level. He's not just a player take guy. That's why I love Coop. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking, but ultimately a lot of his great work should be paid attention to. So check out my man Coop. And with that, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the world has ever known, Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the Coop, Andrew Cooper. I am Jax Falcone, and we are out. Out.